Good evening from historic Horlick Athletic Field. I'm Don Waterwitz. Joined tonight alongside me is Dan Pfeiffer, the former public address announcer and a partner in crime in many other areas of the broadcasting and public address announcing world. Thank you for joining us here tonight, Dan. Welcome back to Horlick Field. It is great to be back here at Horlick Athletic Field. I'll tell you what, Don, a lot of great memories up here in the press box, as it has been for so many of the Raider fans through the years. And, uh, you know, I have been back here since the championship game in 2014, the last time the Racine Raiders secured a national championship. And tonight is an opportunity for the Raiders to get a little revenge against the team that kept them from a national championship last year in this Columbus Fire squad they're taking on tonight. Yeah, the Columbus Fire fans will look at it. They'll see that they are 4-3 and three on the season, and they'll look and be like, oh, this is going to be a pushover game, you know. But that's not the case. This team has booked themselves some very tough competition heading into tonight's game. They lost to the Nashville Storm in Nashville. Columbus at the time was ranked number one, Nashville number six. That was back on May 7th. Then they also lost at the Western Pennsylvania Wildcats, but they beat a very tough Indianapolis Tornadoes team by 18 points, who are always one of the top teams in the country. That's the thing. You look at this schedule for the Columbus Fire, and it's a who's who of semi-pro and minor league football around the country. You look at the regions of the nation where semi-pro is big. Generally speaking, in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, you have a lot of great teams, the Western Penn Piranhas and whatnot, and here you have the Western Penn Wildcats, who were the team that gave the fire one of these three losses, the Nashville Storm, a team that Raider fans will be familiar with from the Raiders beating them in a national championship game a few years back. So yeah, this is a Columbus Fire team that has been battle-tested over the course of this year, and they've got some new faces tonight, too, because they've been working with the team in their, with other teams in their league to try and bring some talent along in preparation for perhaps another run at a title. Yeah, they're in that premier amateur football league, and the team that they played last week, when you look at the roster that we were provided, features about six to eight players from the Cleveland Cobras, who are one of the top teams in that premier amateur football league, and a few of those guys are on their roster here tonight, although maybe a relief for uh, defensive coordinator Chris Pivovar. One of the late scratches was Bryant Milligan. Milligan, the leading receiver in the premier amateur football league, and he was a scratch here tonight. Didn't make the trip with the Columbus Fire. But this Raiders team is young. There's going to be some hiccups along the way and that's one of the concerns is you know, when are you going to have those hiccups with the young team and you hope it occurs against a team that's maybe a little more outmatched that you that you can beat without having to be, concern yourself with that too much as opposed to this Columbus Fire team who's a veteran team and they will take full advantage of anything. There's a lot of differences between these two teams tonight you mentioned the veteran nature of the fire versus a Raider team that has had some turnover. Granted, you get a couple guys back this year who have experience like J.R. Taylor and then Dusty Svensson leaving you a little bit in the lurch up here, Don, not being your color commentator and deciding to go back down and be part of the offensive line. Also the fact that Columbus is very deep into their season. They play more of a spring-summer schedule whereas the Raiders play more summer-fall. But they still have Brandon Hanna. They're still a team that plays an up-tempo style of game. The big question will be can they integrate the new pieces of their offense in tonight such that they feel like they have a rhythm, a tempo, and a chemistry together against the Raiders team that now has a few weeks of practice in and is ready to go as a unit. 
And we'll talk to, actually, why don't we go to our interview with head coach Wilbert Kennedy uh, now. But I want to remind you that Racine Raiders football is underwritten by the Racine Harley Owners Group chapter and Joey's West Pub and Grill at Highway G and Kraut Road. We're going to take a 60-second timeout. When we come back, it'll be our interview with Racine Raiders head coach Wilbert Kennedy. You're listening to Racine Raiders football on WIPZ 101.5 FM. Our pregame programming continues now with our interview with the head coach of the Racine Raiders, Wilbert Kennedy. And Coach Kennedy, let's uh, just recap last week a little bit. You guys got a quality win against a very tough opponent in the Muskego Hitmen. 16-6, to you were able to uh, hold on and uh, got, the, got the touchdown late, helped by a safety. It was really uh, your, your punter, Hunter Breinig, helped you guys out quite a bit last week. You know, uh, Hunter had it. Just a heck of a game last week. I think he had one punt, wasn't it, almost 80-something yards? Um, but, you know, the thing about Hunter is he is such an excellent punter. I mean, we haven't had anybody punt like him since Dan Canese. I mean, um, you know, the height, the depth he gets on his kicks, it, you know. I mean, it, it's so funny because when he kicks the ball, you can hear the crowd go, ooh, every time he punts the ball. So, <laughs> It's exciting to see him out there, you know, and, and especially with the height he's kicking the ball, it's making it difficult for guys to field it, which is what we saw last week. Yeah, that helps set you guys up a couple of times, and once where I think you guys thought you had a TD, but uh, the officiating crew kind of disagreed there. Yeah, they blew that call. He touched that ball. <laughs> it was a close. It was a close call. I mean, from my angle, it looked like he had touched it, but you know, they're they're much closer to the ball. And, you know, um, a certain radio uh, personality also said that uh, he didn't touch the ball, so I don't want to argue with him either. But, um, yeah, you know, it was it was a close play. But, you know, like I said, um, the way that he presents the ball to the returners, he, he makes it difficult on them. So, you know, and it gives our time, our, our punt team to get down to, get down there and give him time to cover the, his punt. So, um, you know, he was a real, real fine. So we're happy to have him. Let's turn the page to this week, Columbus Fire coming into town, and last year they ended your season. Obviously a lot of different players on this team from, from last year, but is there anything within you guys that where you really want to uh, avenge that loss and, and kind of show these guys who's really boss here at Horlick Field? Well, you know, I hate, I hate revenge games. Uh, cause that That's why I used avenge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... But the thing is, is you know, when you're in these kind of games, it means they beat you. So that's why I hate them so much. Um, try not to look at it that way. You know, um, that was a real good football team last year. Um, and they came in a Horlick field and, you know, they presented some problems for us. Um, the, the thing that really stood out about that team from last year, and it's still evident this year, their team speed. I mean, they got some fast receivers. When we played Lincoln Way, I thought that was the that was a extremely fast receiving core. Um, this team's they're faster. I, I didn't think it was possible, but you know they got a real excellent speed. They got a they got a real nice quarterback. He um, not only does he throw the ball really well, he pre, he creates a lot of problems with his legs. You know he's got real good field vision, um, and you know and and he finds the alleys to run. You know uh, he's definitely not. He's definitely not uh, that type of quarterback because he's athletic. He's just looking to run the ball. I mean, his eyes stay downfield. He's looking to throw it. Um, 
uh, to throw the ball. He he is definitely a, a very good passer, but you know he he uh, he has real good pocket presence, and you know he'll step up in the pocket. You know he'll climb that pocket, and he looks for the alleys to escape. And if there's nothing downfield, he takes off. So they got a lot of excellent athletes, you know. So it's it's going to be a good game tonight. I think fans look at it and they go, this team's four and three. But when you look deeper into it, they played the Nashville Storm, who's a national powerhouse all the time, the Indianapolis Tornadoes, who are always up there and, and dropped a couple of those types of games. So this isn't a pushover team coming in that's having a hard luck season. They're they're challenging themselves with competition. You know, and, and, and that's very true. It's just like with us last year. You know, uh, we went out, we played Des Moines. You know, there's a national powerhouse team. You know, we played a real tough schedule last year, you know, and we dropped some games. Um, but, you know, we won the ones that matter. You know, we got down to the end. We got the, uh, the league playoffs. We did well. We won that. Um, you know, then we came against this Columbus team, you know, and, and they got us. So, you know, when, when, you're, when you're willing to put your team out there and play those high-caliber teams early in the year, it says a lot for your organization and your club, you know. So, um I don't care what their record shows, you know, like you said, and they're playing some nationally known teams. Um, you know, you're not going to win all those games. You know, the, the, the idea is to have the best record you can at the end, put yourself in a position to get into some type of playoffs and then go from there. So, um, you know, they lost those games, but they lost some really good football teams. So I, they're going to be they're, they're a good football team and we're going to have our hands full. So what do you have to do to get the W tonight, coach? Well, a big part of it is uh, tonight we're sitting there looking at we we have to we have to be smart, um, respect their speed, keep things in front of us, uh, which we've been doing a real good job of. Uh, our DBs have been rallying to the ball. They've been making very very good open field tackles. This is the best tackling team I've seen in a while. So um, you know we got to keep that part of it under control. We got to let them know they can't take the lid off anytime they feel like it. Um, Offensively, we need to establish ourselves at the line of scrimmage, take control of that, be able to run the ball effectively. Um, knowing the type of defensive backs that they have, I think it's going to be key for us to be able to run the football. Um, we have a really good receiving core. I think we're going to have some opportunities there. Um, you know, Anthony played probably his best game last week. You know, he had no turnovers. You know, so, you know, we keep the turnovers down. Um, and just play play really smart tonight. You know, just try not to do too much too soon. Um, things will work out for us. All right. Thanks for your time, Coach, and uh, good luck tonight as you try to take down the fire and uh, maybe just a little bit avenge that loss from last year. <laughs> We're hoping so. <laughs> that was Racine Raiders head coach Wilbert Kennedy. We'll be back in one minute, and when we come back, we'll give you the starting lineups. You're listening to Racine Raiders football on WIPZ 101.5 FM. Welcome back to Historic Horlick Athletic Field. You got a chance to hear head coach Wilbert Kennedy's comments about the game and uh, ask Coach Kennedy about this team, you know, being the competition that they face, Dan. 
he's trying to downplay the whole idea of this is the team that knocked them out of the tournament last year. But I think for the fans, that's the biggest storyline of tonight's game. What I think you have to watch for tonight is on the defensive side for the Raiders, knowing that this is a team that plays a different style than what you usually see around this part of the state where they're a little bit more up-tempo, they like to be more free-flowing, they like to spread the ball around. That's not something that you're going to see out of some of the more smash-mouth teams here in the MSFL and around the state of Wisconsin. So what you have to try and do tonight is bend, but don't break. Give them the chance to get a few plays here and there, but at the same time, don't put yourself in a position where you're giving up the big play and falling behind early. And now we'll turn it over to public address announcer Tom Christensen for the introduction of our national anthem here at Historic Horlick Athletic Field. Northeast corner of the field, the visitors from Columbus, Ohio, the Columbus Fire. As they present the colors at midfield here at Historic Horlick Athletic Field, the Raiders lost the coin toss. Columbus won. They will defer to the second half. Harley's out on the field. You'll hear them revving up during the uh, as they head out off the field after the national anthem here in just another minute we should be ready to get underway don waterwitz joined by dan pfeiffer here at historic horlick athletic field also also zach roethlisberger our studio engineer back at the wipz studios and our statistician tonight is evan Witalison. 70 degrees at Historic Horlick Athletic Field. South-southwest winds gusting at 12 miles per hour. So once again, it's uh, gusting towards the north end zone tonight. That's where Hunter Breinig punted 183 yards last week. It was a heck of a punt, and you look at it, Dan, and the uh, Packers needing a punter, and then this guy's kicking in semi-pro. Yeah, no kidding. It was a slightly wind-aided punt, but at the same time, you heard... Uh, Coach Kennedy mentioned that the Raiders' kicking game this year on both sides with the punting by Breinig and with the kicking that we have seen with Samuel Nisler have both really had really good seasons thus far. Now I think we're going to get to the anthem. Yes, we'll turn it over to Tom Christensen. At this time, please rise. Gentlemen, remove your hats. Service personnel and veterans render appropriate military honors. As Carol Teal honors our country with the singing of the national anthem.
star-spangled The National Anthem here at Historic Orlick Athletic Field, and we're just about ready to get underway. It'll be the Raiders offense on the field first, so why don't we go ahead and give you the starters on offense for Racine. The front line will be left tackle, number 56, Stephen Tucker, 6'3", 360, out of New Mexico Highlands University. Left guard, number 65, Kingston Wynn, 6'3", 310, from UW-Milwaukee. At center, number 61, Josh Willis, 6'1", 275, from North Park University. Right guard, number 76, Dan Weber, 6'4", 360, out of Sussex Hamilton High School. And at right tackle, number 77, Dusty Swenson, 6'3", 230, out of Union Grove High School. The tight end is Travis Worthington. The receivers, Miles Spiegel and DJ Smith. The halfback tonight will be Howard Triplett getting the start, 6'1", 190, out of Waukegan High School. The superback, number 7, Dale Robleski, 6'3", 260, from UW-La Crosse. And the quarterback, Anthony Johnson, 6'4", foot 230 from UW Stevens Point. Johnson completing 50% of his passes for 458 yards, six TDs, and two interceptions. We're going to step away for 10 seconds for a station ID. You're listening to Racine Raiders Football on 101.5 FM WIPZ. Columbus Fire in their white jerseys with orange and black around the shoulders. Orange pants, mostly with white trim up the sides along with a little black. The Raiders in their home black jerseys with silver numbers outlined in white. Silver pants with black and cardinal piping up the sides. Of course, black helmets with the Raider Guy logo for the Racine Raiders. And the Raiders will offense will get a first crack at this Columbus Fire defense here tonight, Dan. Interesting that on the road, the Fire elect to give the Raiders the ball first. Decent crowd here tonight on the 2nd of July. Of course, a long 4th of July weekend here in Racine. Plenty of activities going on downtown over the course of the next few days. But good to see a lot of folks in the stands tonight for this rematch of a tournament game from last year. And, of course, Racine has one of the biggest 4th of July parades in the nation. So it's a something that brings people from all over. A lot of family members come to Racine to visit folks during the 4th of July weekend to be able to attend that parade. And we're seeing a lot of families still tailgating and getting ready, just starting now to get ready to stroll into historic Horlick Athletic Field here tonight. Plenty of room for you, though. It's an absolutely perfect night for football. 70 degrees at kickoff. Pretty much couldn't ask. Ask for a nicer night. Wind blowing a little bit from our right to our left, which will be the direction that the fire will be kicking in. They will have their wind at or the wind at their backs. Might want to bring a light jacket with you if you're coming tonight. It will get a little bit cooler as the sun goes down. But you said it, Don. Picture perfect night for football this evening. We should have a great one tonight. Alex Wallace and Lawrence Peters back deep to receive the kick. Kicking off for the Columbus Fire will be Stephen Chirac. Chirac. Actually, I believe there was a change there. I believe that's Alec Chervanian, 
who is kicking off there. We did get a number of number changes just before the game, so bear with us, folks. It uh, it did say that Shervanian just changed his number to number 29. He is the usual kicker for the Columbus Thank Fire. You. I mismarked my roster with the change <laughs> there, Dan, to uh, be uh, Chirac on that one. So You got Chirac on the brain. It's Chirac not that time of night yet, Don. <laughs> so Shervanian tees it up. At the 35-yard line, Wallace back for Racine, along with Peters, ready to get this game underway. Cervanian approaches the ball. It's a good kick, angled towards Wallace on the far side of the field. He gets it at the 5. Wallace up the far numbers, 25. Wallace down the sideline, 35-40, 45 midfield. Wallace stepped out of bounds at the 48-yard line, a 43-yard return by Alex Wallace, and that's a good start here for Racine as the rookie with a great kick return. Against a team that likes to move the ball as quickly as the fire does, it's great to throw the first punch and get out ahead, put them in a position where they have to play a little bit more desperate, and getting this great field position to start the game is exactly what you want to do to put yourself in a position to get points first. So just underway here at Historic Horlick Athletic Field, and now apparently they're saying he stepped out all the way back at the 44-yard line. So a 39-yard return. Trips to the left for Racine. Travis Worthington split out wide to the right. Triplet the lone back in the backfield as Anthony Johnson ducks under center. Robleski goes in motion right to left. Now back to the slot on the left side. Hand off to Triplet, and he is wrapped up in the backfield. It's going to be a loss on the play. Tackle for Columbus made by Maurice Douse, their running back, going both ways here tonight. Douse really quick to the point of attack on a run blitz linebacker blitz there just pops right through and that's going to be a loss of one for the Raiders Racine trying to establish their tempo early on in this game starting out on the ground but they weren't successful on the first play from scrimmage Don second and 11 for Racine is Smith and Fitch out to the left Robleski and Worthington to the right shotgun formation now for Johnson he has Howard Triplett on his left side Johnson, hands extended, takes the snap a little high, pulls it down. Under pressure, throws Fitch with the catch at the 45 of Columbus, and he's taken down at the 43-yard line of Columbus on the tackle. Eric Robinson, the strong safety, good enough for a first down, a pickup of 13 on the play. Nice throw by Johnson. Tyrell Bird applying pressure through the middle from the defensive tackle position. Johnson identified, got the ball out quickly, and the Raiders are moving the ball here on their first drive of the game. First and 10 at the Columbus 43-yard line. 13.40 to play in the first quarter. Just underway. First offensive possession of the game. Two receivers to the right, one to the left. Offset high formation backfield. Under center, Johnson. Johnson takes, gives to Triplett. Triplett tries to break it out to the right side, and he's going to be driven down in the backfield on the tackle. Robert Gabriel, they mark him down back at the 45-yard line. It'll be a loss of two. Bring up second down and 12 for Racine as the running game having a hard time getting started, Dan. The Raiders are trying to get the fire to respect their passing game by coming out in spread formations. At least three receivers in each of the formations we've seen thus far for the Raiders, but the fire are keeping eight in the box, and they have slowed down what the Raiders have tried to do running the football with Triplett early on. 
Two receivers each way. It's Robleski just off the line on the left side. Smith just off the line on the right side. Shotgun for Johnson looking to pass. Looking to his right. Has Smith. And they were on the wrong page. Smith gets stuck as he turns around by Gabriel at the 30 to try and go after that one. And it was uh, an out for Smith. But that's not. It looked like uh, it looked like Johnson was expecting to go, Dan. Yeah, it looked like he was maybe trying to throw a corner pattern there. Is It looked like the pattern was just cut off. A little bit surprised there that Robert Gabriel didn't get flagged for that hit. It came a full step after the ball was clear of the receiver. Dangerous hit, defenseless receiver in the modern game of football. Sometimes that gets flagged for a personal foul. Not there, though. Third and 12 from the Columbus 45-yard line. Twins each way for receivers for Johnson. He's in the shotgun with triplet off his right hip. Blitz coming from Columbus. Johnson gets hit. Ball comes out, and triplet able to cover it up all the way back at the Racine 47-yard line. It'll be a loss of eight on the play as they game and got Johnson from both sides on that one, Dan. If anything, the Raiders overcompensated for the blitz. You saw Maurice Douse from the linebacker position come through the middle, but it was ultimately Tyrell Bird that forced the fumble coming around the opposite end, and the Raiders are lucky just to hold on to the ball. Now they want to try and pin Columbus deep with this punt. Hunter Brining on to punt back deep. The dangerous Mike Tatum. Tatum has played a lot of indoor football over his career. Snap to Brinig. Brinig gets off a high punt. It's going to be a little short. See how it bounces. Hits at the 30. A bit of a Raider bounce and then bounces back to the 29-yard line where it's down by Tyler Elliott. It'll be first and 10 for Columbus at their own 29-yard line after a punt of just 23 yards on that one by Brinig. Brinig frustratedly unsnaps his chin strap as he comes off the field. I think he didn't quite compensate for the wind enough on that punt as it got really high up into the air and once it hit the jet stream it just kind of stalled fortunately the Raiders still at least gained some advantage in terms of field position largely due to that kickoff return but they went mostly backwards on that first drive now they've got to try and do something defensively to keep the fire out of the end zone and off the scoreboard first and fire are going to get a flag before anything happens here as they had 12 players on the field got an illegal substitution there's 12 men on the field 12 men in the huddle five yards still first down I was going to say, it looked like their line of six receivers, and I didn't think that was all too possible, Dan. Maybe we went to a different version of the football that they may play in Ohio. Uh, Canada, I think maybe you can have as many guys on the field as you want. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that was going to be the student body left play, but they actually put the entire student body out on the left side. Tatum's going to break out to the right side. Under center will be Brandon Hanna for the Columbus Fire as they send four receivers off to the left. Tatum one-on-one with Eric Sanders on the far side of the field. Hannah still calling out the play here. Now he's going to strap his chin strap, put his mouth guard in, and he looks ready. Will they get this play off in time is the question. Snap is there. Hannah looking. Throws it over to the left side, right into the hands of Cameron Jackson. And Jackson taken down by Steve Kleist at the 29-yard line. Ball comes out, but they say he was down as it was picked up by Michael Ambrose. Going to be a gain of five as they get the penalty yardage back. It'll bring up second down and ten for Columbus as they move right to left. Four receivers split out wide to the right, and the Raiders only had two defensive players on that side, one of whom was a DB. The other one was a linebacker in Michael Recall. If you're going to have that kind of overload on one side, if you're the Raiders, you have to roll the defense over. Otherwise, they are going to look to that wide receiver screen, and they're going to have guys in front who can block for the play like they had there. 11 minutes to play here in our first quarter. Second down and 10 for 
Columbus as they send Tatum into the backfield. Fakes a handoff to Dallas. Hannah's going to run. Now pitches back to Tatum at the 20, and Tatum is going to step out of bounds at the 21-yard line. It'll be a loss of eight yards on the play and bring up a third down and 18 for Columbus. I think the fire tried to get a little bit too tricky there. That looked like it could have even been an option pass for Tatum as he stayed behind the line of scrimmage, and it was a pitch backwards from the quarterback, Hannah. And you know what? I think the fire just tried to do a little bit too much at once there. Something that maybe you show the Raiders early on in the game, even if you know it might not be successful, but then try something else out of later on in the contest. Twin receivers each way for Hannah. He's in the shotgun with Douse to his left. Hannah takes it, looking to pass, looking to his left, looking for Douse. And Douse, covered by Recall, throw is short. Hannah looks for a hold or a bumping by Recall. No flag comes out, and it's going to bring up fourth down. With the fire putting so many guys out into the pattern, that time the Raiders elected to go with the dime defense. They didn't get much pressure on Hannah. He had all kinds of time to throw the ball, but everyone was covered downfield. He tried to make a pass over the top, but he just couldn't put it on the money, and now the fire will have to punt as each team will have had one possession after this kick without anything to show for it. Columbus goes minus nine yards on their possession with 10.25 to play in the first quarter. No score. And on to punt will be Derek Shearer for Columbus. He'll be standing back at his 10-yard line, punting to Lawrence Peters and Nick Hall. Hall covering the left side of the field. Peters on the right side for Racine as they look to return this left to right. Shear kicking with the wind at his back. Line of scrimmage, the 21. Shear standing at his 10, hash mark right. Shear takes the snap, line drive kick, hits at the 50, bounces down to the 35-yard line, and Hall's just going to let Columbus down it there. So it'll be first and 10 for Racine at their 35-yard line, following a 44-yard punt by Shear. Shear with an interesting punting style. He actually tosses the ball up in the air a little bit, it looks like, before he kicks it away. We'll have to watch that throughout the night. If the Raiders can apply pressure on Shear when he kicks it away, they might put him in a position where they can get a block. However, the Raiders do get the ball back now. Now we saw that the Raiders could not run the ball effectively on their first drive of the game. Let's see if they go to the air a little bit more often with Johnson here on this second drive of the contest. Maybe Shear's going for the power punt, kind of like in volleyball with the power serve. Offset eye formation backfield. Now going out of the backfield is Robleski to the slot on the right side. Johnson throwing, hits Wallace at the 43. Wallace up the near hash marks, gets up to the 49-yard line before he's dragged down out there on the play by Robert Gabriel. It'll be enough for a first down on a pickup of 13. Good teams make adjustments, Don, and what I think the Raiders did on first down there was make an adjustment to their snap count. We saw Tyrell Bird hop offside momentarily. He got back on but you can tell that Bird was trying to time the snap. He's been getting a good jump so far. The Raiders make that adjustment and get a first down on their first play from scrimmage on the second drive. Two receivers to the right, one to the left. Now Robleski breaks out of the backfield slot left. Hand off to Triplett right up the middle. Triplett, the 45 of Columbus, breaks it outside the far numbers and is taken down at the 41-yard line. It'll be a pickup of eight on first down and bring up a second and two on the tackle for the Columbus Fire was Des Relaford. Another adjustment for for the Raiders. When you can tell that the defensive front on the other side is getting good pressure, run a draw play and that's exactly what that was. They let the first wave of defenders get past the line of scrimmage that left plenty of room up the middle and it was a great run for Triplett right there. They'll call it a gain of nine. I formation backfield, two receivers
receivers left, one to the right. Hand off again to Triplett. Triplett right into the heart of that fire line. He's going to be driven back by Nick Thompson. Doesn't look like he got enough. Pretty much no gain on the play. He'll make it third and one. The Raiders are not winning the battle in the trenches right now. They're going to have to try and throw the ball to the edges or rely on draw plays or runs to the outside because at the moment, Bird is getting a great push. You mentioned Thompson making the tackle there. At the moment, the offensive line is going backwards for the Raiders. They have to figure something out that doesn't go right through the middle of the field because the straight runs thus far just have not been working for them. Wallace and Robleski off to the left. It's Smith and Spiegel to the right. Triplet on the left side of Johnson on third and one from the Columbus 42-yard line. 8.15 to play in the first quarter. No score. Johnson pump fakes to his right. Under pressure, rolls to his right and throws short of Spiegel as he's being taken down by Southall as he makes the pass. And it's going to bring up a fourth and one for Racine. They're kind of in no man's land. I wouldn't be surprised to see the offense stay out there here, Dan. I definitely think this is go-for-it territory here at the 42-yard line. You don't get much from a punt if you kick it here. Why not? You've got one yard to get. Now, granted, you haven't been getting great push thus far, but this is an area where a play-action pass could be very effective, and you have to make sure that you buy time for Johnson here. Not only have the fire been getting good push through the middle on passing downs, they've been getting good push around the edges as well. Trips to the right. Johnson, quarterback keeper. He'll have the first down as he gets down inside the 40 to the 39-yard line before he has Nick Thompson fall on him. A three-yard rush, and it'll bring up, well, now they'll mark it two, and it'll be first and 10 Racine at the Columbus 40-yard line. Not sure if that's a design play or just an audible at the line of scrimmage. John Madden used to call that the goose the center play. Quarterback just grabs the behind of the center, and that's the signal. Hey, I've got space in front of me. Let's just plow forward. Whatever it was, it was a effective the Raiders get their first fourth down conversion of the night and the drive keeps on rolling two receivers right one off to the left now they go trips to the right shotgun formation for Johnson triplet to his left Robleski in motion slot right to the left side Johnson takes gives to triplet triplet right up the gut he'll get inside the 40 to the 38 yard line before he's taken down on the play and looked like it was 53, but it may have been 15. Southall with the tackle. I think I saw Nick Thompson in on that tackle as well, although he lost at the initial point of attack. There the Raiders go from the shotgun formation and run out of it, so it's kind of a draw-style look, especially when you spread everybody out. And that's the thing. You're trying to get those guys on the inside to respect throwing the football such that they're not sitting on the inside and crowding that inside run. Johnson under center, twin receivers each way, looking to pass, quick pass to Spiegel. Spiegel can't handle it, turns around to pick it up just in case it was backwards, but they blow it incomplete. It'll bring up a third down and eight for Racine. At the 38-yard line of Columbus, no score, 6.47 to play in the first quarter. It's a learning process for Anthony Johnson taking over for Craig McClellan, who was so good for the Raiders for a few years. He's now, of course, moved on to a coaching career. But, you know, Johnson so far tonight, he hasn't quite looked like he's had the mustard on the passes that he's always wanted to have. He's just been a little bit off thus far. Once he gets on, look out if you're the fire defense. Johnson in the shotgun with two receivers each way, triplet off his right hip. Third and eight for Racine at the 38 of Columbus. Johnson under pressure, steps up. He's going to run. Johnson a first down, and he slides. Oh, where did he start the slide? They're going to mark it right at the first down marker. This one might require a measurement at the 30. He started that slide just a touch early, Dan. 
Yeah, you have to mark the ball where the slide started. I think he's going to get the first down by the nose of the football, if my Paul McGuire instincts are correct. But yeah, dangerous slide there in the sense that there was a tackler coming over, but he started the slide just a tad early. He maybe could have even gotten another step or two in, which would have gotten him another yard or two. But we'll get the measurement, and we're seeing just how close it is. And I think you're right. There we go. Nose of the football. Good enough just for a first down. Good good rods and cones there, Dan Pfeiffer. <laughs> for those who don't remember, it used to be Paul McGuire and Joe Theismann who were the color commentators on ESPN Sunday Night Football. And that was always Paul McGuire's thing, was that he could always get the first down spots right from up in the booth. I guess I got a little Paul McGuire in me. Of course, I'm going way back to the 90s and 80s with that reference. First and 10 for Racine at the 30 of Columbus. Two receivers each. Each way Johnson under center triplet behind him Johnson takes looking to pass right side bullet to Spiegel he goes up makes a catch at the 25 initially breaks out of the tackle picks up a couple of extra yards inside the 25 to the 23 yard line before he's taken down by Robinson and Moore for Columbus Miles Spiegel so tough to bring down three Columbus fire players on him and he still remains on his feet meanwhile for the Raiders what we're seeing now is Johnson is taking shorter drops working out of the shotgun more taking more three-step drops knowing that the fire are bringing strong pressure and they're completing those passes they're marching down the field getting close to the red zone at the 24 yard line the Raiders again making the adjustments the fire a very physically skilled team a very fast team but that doesn't mean you can't move the ball on them Wallace one-on-one -on, -one on the near side with Dylan Moore. Two receivers left, offset eye formation backfield behind Johnson. Johnson takes, gives to Triplett on the counter, and Triplett is going to pick up a couple of yards, grabbing an ankle and holding on for dear life was one of the Columbus Fire players, and now a flag comes in late from the back judge. A gain of a yard or two, eh, yard we'll say, for Triplett will make it third and four for Racine initially. We will check on the flag. That was mano a mano in terms of whether or not the leg was strong enough for Triplett there. He just couldn't bust out of that tackle, but let's check the penalty here. We've got a dead ball, unsportsmanlike conduct, number 24 on the defense. It'll be the down will count. Half the distance to the goal, it's an automatic first down. Trevon Chavis called for the penalty, and that's a big one. It would have been third and medium for Racine. They'll pick up the first down on that, as Joe Petrenis, the referee, tells us. Take a look at our officials. It's Eric Rudiger, the umpire. Rick Ladd, the head linesman. Jim O'Brien, the side judge. Jim Lotzer, the line judge. John Purdy, the field judge. And Keith Turner, the back judge. Racine, I, oh, go ahead, Dan. I did miss doing games with Joe Petrenitz, one of my favorites. Two receivers left, one to the right. Eye formation backfield behind Johnson. First and 10 at the 12-yard line of Columbus. But Dan Weber got a little bit of a head start, and he'll be flagged for a five-yard false start penalty with 4.44 on the clock here in the first quarter. We have no score. Back racing up to the 17-yard line where it'll be first and 15. The rest of the offensive line was going on two. Dan Weber went on one. That'll be five yards against the Raiders. They can get a first down without scoring a touchdown here. The ball is spotted at the 17-and-a-half-yard line after that penalty, which means they can get to the two and get a first down without punching it in. But if you're the Raiders, you'd love to get on the scoreboard here before the first quarter runs out of time. 
Three receivers left, one to the right. Lone back in the backfield is Triplett. The handoff goes to Triplett, trying left side, cuts it in, and he's going to be dropped at the 15-yard line by Jordan Jarrell. A gain of two, it'll be second and 13 for Racine. So far, the Raiders just have not been able to come up with an answer for Tyrell Bird. There he does not make the tackle, but he gets into the backfield, and he disrupts where triplet was looking to run he slowed him down just enough that the second wave of fire tacklers was able to come in and hold triplet to just a two-yard gain want to say hi to dan weber's dad if he's uh, listening to the broadcast sorry that's the first time we've called dan's name all season and uh, it was for a penalty two receivers to the left one off to the right side for racine check that two to the right side Pistol formation for Johnson. Johnson looking to his left, throwing it for Smith into that back corner on the far side of the field, and it falls incomplete a little too long for Smith. It'll bring up a third down and 13 for Racine at the 16-yard line. Might have been a little bit of confusion there. You had both Spiegel and Smith on the far side of the field from our broadcast position, and that looked like a fade route towards the back corner of the end zone. Spiegel was the one that was furthest from us. He would have been the one who would have been in the best position to get that ball, but it looked like he ran a straight fly pattern rather than heading towards that corner. Meanwhile, you saw DJ Smith kind of make a move towards the post. No one in the area. Fortunately, it held, it fell, far, fell harmlessly to the ground. Third and 13, ball left, hash mark, far hash mark. Johnson in the shotgun. He has triplet to his left, and the the snap is on the ground, hits off Triplett's shoe, bounces right to Johnson, under pressure, dumps it off to Triplett, and Triplett down the sideline, but we had an inadvertent whistle that came up as Triplett took it to the 10, and we'll have to get an explanation on this. Yeah, we're going to have to hear what's going on with this one. If anything, I think they should just replay this down. Let's see what Joe Petrenis has to say here. And they're going to actually take time to talk about this because it was a messed up play from the get-go. The snap was low, hit off the shoe of Triplett as we wait for Joe. We had an inadvertent whistle, my whistle. Result of the play is we're going to replay the down. Replay the down. Well, at least Joe takes, uh, you know, t took his uh, lumps on that one as the crowd boos him and, and, and fesses up. He thought Johnson, from his angle, maybe got tripped up and taken down. He didn't see that shuffle pass come out towards Triplett on that sideline. And to be brutally honest with you, the Raider fans with the less than positive reaction to that, hey, this gives you another chance to, to get it into the end zone here, maybe with a slightly more organized play. So this may work out for the best for the Raiders. Yeah, that ball either bounced off the foot of Johnson or Triplett. Couldn't tell from here, but it bounced right into the hands of Johnson, and they were still able to roll out right and get 10 yards in the play. But let's see what they get on the second try without the inadvertent whistle this time, or at least hopefully not with it. And the shotgun, Johnson pump fakes to his left, pump fakes to the middle of the field, now under pressure, throwing over to the near sideline at the numbers and at the four-yard line a little short for Miles Spiegel, a chance at a potential interception for Dylan Moore, and he would have been gone with a pick six, but it'll bring up fourth down for Racine, and they're going to send out the kicking team for a 33-yard field goal attempt. Anthony Johnson walks off the field and he's slamming his face mask down in frustration. And the reason is he pumped fake looking at DJ Smith over the middle. He thought he saw someone out of the corner of his eye that could have got to DJ Smith, but he was far enough away. Smith was wide open. That would have been a touchdown for the Raiders. 
Nissler-Onfer will make it a 31-yard field goal attempt. Spiegel the hold. Nissler's kick. Line drive. Low. He just got it over the crossbar. And the Raiders put the first points up on the board with 2.13 to play in the first quarter. Racine leads three zip off a 21-yard or 31-yard field goal by Sam Nissler. We'll be back in 60 seconds. You're listening to Racine Raiders football on 101.5 WIPZ. So Sam Nissler, 31-yard field goal. It was not pretty for the soccer player turned kicker, but he just got it over that crossbar, Dan, and Racine is able to get three points out of that drive. Very important three points. In basketball, sometimes they talk about guys who learned how to shoot in a gym with a 12-foot ceiling. That's what that kick was. It maybe only got about 13 feet off the ground total, but... The crossbar is 10 feet off the ground, and as long as the football is above it when it goes over, it's good. That one got over by the hair of his chinny-chin-chin. Is that how it works? Just need to get it over, and and he's good. (laughs) Nissler kicking into the wind. Tatum back deep, standing inside the five-yard line on the near hash marks. Check that. Yeah, that is Nissler as he kicks it right into Jordan Jarrell at the 40-yard line. Jarrell picks it up, and then he's taken down by a slew of black jerseys at the 40. It'll be first and 10 for Columbus at the 40 as Jarrell just goes to kind of save his life on that one. Strange kickoff there. When Jarrell saw the ball kicked, he turned around to see what formation the rest of his teammates were going to be in. Then he turned back to look, and the ball pretty much just hit him square in the chest and fell to the ground. I think he was stunned for a moment. Then we had a big block right in front of him as well. But Jarrell had to make sure he hopped on the football because the Raiders were coming hard. Columbus hops on the ball. They'll get it at the 41-yard line. But that's one of the stranger kickoffs you'll ever see after one of the stranger field goals you'll ever see. Two receivers break off to the right, and Columbus lucky they didn't get another flag here for 12 on the field. Two to the left. Hanna in the shotgun. He has Dow standing about a yard behind him just off to his right side. Now he puts Tatum in motion into the backfield. Flag comes out. This may be movement on Columbus. Nope, now they're saying Racine jumped. Encroachment, defense, five-yard penalty, still first down. Looked like Diesel Eunice may have been the one that jumped for Racine. Yep, he was lined up at the left tackle position, and they called the encroachment penalty, which means, in their opinion, he made some contact with the Columbus offensive line. Not sure that there was contact there or not. He tried to hop back onside as quickly as he could, but with everybody moving, they do throw the flag, and now Columbus gets to start with the first and five on this drive, Don. They have Shearer out to the right side, two receivers to the left. Now Tatum's going to go just off the line on the left side, on the right side. Hannah puts Douse to his left. Hannah standing at the 39, 41-yard line of Columbus, looking to pass, rolling out to his right, under pressure from Recall, throws it out to Tatum. It's a little low, and Tatum can't handle it at the 45-yard line. It'll be second down and five for Columbus. We talked about the new members of the Columbus Fire. You can see the receivers on the near side looking down at their play chart, which is attached to something around their waist. And so far, it's looked like the Columbus Fire haven't quite been on the same page. You can tell they have the athleticism and the speed, but there rolling out to his right Hannah had the receiver open he just couldn't get it into the hands of Tatum Cameron Jackson and uh, Germany out Marvin Germany out to the right side Tatum and Shearer on the other side of the field Brandon Hannah 
Moves Germany into the backfield. Hands off to Dallas. Dallas trying the right side. Gets through the line. Daquan McCray can't bring him down. And he's still dragging dragging black jerseys down inside the 45-yard line to the 44-yard line. Look to be Devron Davis and Steve Kleist on the end of that ride. And it's a first down for Columbus as they pick up 11 yards. Chris Pivovar cannot be happy about that. Some shoddy tackling on that one for the Raiders. Hurry up offense here. Hannah sends Tatum into the backfield. Hands off to Dallas. Nope. Takes it away from Dallas. And then Steve Kleist and Devron Davis able to drop Hannah as he gets down to the 40-yard line. Again, a three. Second down and seven for Columbus. They trail Racine three-zip with 75 seconds to play in the first quarter. The fire going to a no-huddle offense. The Raiders either arm tackling or trying to knock guys down. The fire are just too physical. You've got to wrap up. You've got to use a form tackle if you're going to get them down on that last play before this last one where it was just a short game for the fire. Too many guys just trying to knock guys down and it didn't work. Hannah empties the backfield. Trips to the left. Hannah looking to his left. Has time. Now under pressure. Rolling out to his left. Hannah towards the sideline. Cuts down the sideline and steps out of bounds at the 40-yard line. Going to be no gain. It'll be second, third down and seven for Columbus. When teams go to a spread formation, you have a choice that you have to make. Will you try and bring more guys up to apply pressure to the quarterback, or will you drop more guys into coverage to try and cover the receivers? The Raiders have tonight mixed it up pretty well, but that time again, they decide to drop more guys into coverage. They're going with six, sometimes even seven guys in coverage and only rushing four. That gives plenty of time for Hannah, but at the same time, time that means that Hannah can't find anyone downfield and he's gonna have to take off with the football in that situation some confusion by Columbus and they're gonna go ahead and take a timeout on third and seven ball at the Racine 40 yard line 32 seconds to play in the first quarter we'll go ahead and keep it right here the Raiders lead three zip as they got a Sam Nissler 31 yard field goal on their last drive and that is our only scoring thus far here on this July 4th weekend and a lot of activities going on in Racine this 4th of July we talked about in the pregame one of the biggest parades in the country one of the top 10 things for you to do according to USA Today a few years ago is attend this Racine Parade. Yeah, you know, everywhere in the country there's great stuff going on on the 4th of July weekend, and especially the fact that it's on a Monday this year. It gives people the chance to travel. You get the extra long weekend. I think everyone is excited to have the opportunity to celebrate our nation's independence this year in the way that they choose, knowing that they have the extra long weekend. And a good crowd out here tonight, as we've already mentioned during the broadcast. Thus far, I feel like both teams are still kind of feeling each other out. Neither team has been able to get any real momentum going. We've seen a couple decent drives both for the Raiders and for the Fire. But at the same time, we've also seen both teams make some mistakes. We've seen some drop passes. We've seen some balls that haven't been on the money. When a team finally does start to get that rhythm, I think that's when we'll start to see someone pull away in this contest. Two receivers each way. The receivers on the left side of the field are stacked. Hannah directing traffic on the right side, telling C.J. Powell to break out more to the right along with Shearer. Actually... That is Tatum that takes the snap and he throws way high for Shearer over on the far sideline and it's going to bring up fourth down. So they line up Tatum at essentially a wildcat position and I think the thought was that the Raiders then would try and adjust and maybe bring more guys up to the line of scrimmage. That might be the Fire's way of trying to pull the Raiders out of that seven defensive back package, snap the ball directly to Tatum and at least make them respect the possibility that Tatum might take off with the football, but Tatum tries to throw the ball out to the side and I'll tell you what, Tatum 
I don't think I'm going to respect his arm tonight if that's how he's going to throw it. That one was well high of the target. The only folks that were catching that ball are standing on the fire sidelines. See Dan Weber talking to the training staff on the sideline. He's out of his pads and jersey, and they're getting some ice for him. So we'll try and keep an eye on that situation for Racine. Empty backfield now for Hannah. They're going for it on fourth and seven from the Racine 40. Hannah under pressure from Ambrose, rolling out to his right, throwing. Hits Tatum at the 30. Tatum keeps going backwards, and Tatum steps out of bounds at the 34-yard line. He had the first down, and then he went back behind the first down marker and stepped out of bounds. It's going to be a turnover on downs. What a poor decision by a very good and smart football player in Mike Tatum. He was just trying to dodge the tackle and in the process he kept on hopping backwards and in the end he ran out of room along the fire sideline. Yeah, inexplicable right there for Tatum. You know that a guy like that expects better. Hey, maybe his arena football background, he thought he might have a wall there. Instead, he gets into the sideline and because it was his own will that moved him back, you don't count forward progress. Forward progress only matters when there's contact from the defenders. He chose to go backward to try and dodge the defender, and as a result, you spot the ball where he went out of bounds. He went out of bounds before the first down marker, even though he had gotten the first down yardage. Give the ball to the Raiders first and ten. Columbus Fire coaching staff not happy with that spot from the officials, but it was the correct spot. As Dan said, Tatum under his own power went backwards. I formation backfield. Behind Anthony Johnson, the deep back, Dan Figueroa. And now we're going to have, I believe, a delay a game called against Racine. Is that flag thrown? No, maybe it's going to be a false start. Thrown by the umpire, Eric Rudiger. False start, 65 was down in the stance, came back up. It's a five-yard penalty, still first down. And that's Kingston win that gets called for the penalty. So Racine moves back five yards. Some of the youth showing here as the Raiders take on a quality opponent in the fire. You've had a false start from Dan Weber. Now you've had one from Kingston win. So both of your tackles have jumped off at one point or another here tonight. That's the little type of stuff that a young team sometimes doesn't always get right. Chris Hicks at fullback in front of Figueroa. The handoff to Figueroa, and he plows right into the back of Hicks and then is taken down in the backfield by Eric Robinson all the way back at the 26-yard line, a loss of four. It'll be second down and 19 as Racine moving in the wrong direction on this drive. And don't blame Hicks for that one because he was in the wrong spot. Blame him because he got knocked backwards. That's why you had the back run into the fullback, and that's why that play went no at the end of the first quarter, Racine leads Columbus 3-zip. We'll be back in one minute. You're listening to Racine Raiders football on WIPZ 101.5 FM. So ready to get the second quarter underway in that first quarter. Columbus won first down. Racine had five, 17 rushing yards to six in favor of Racine. 34 passing yards to one in favor of the Raiders. Three penalties, 22 yards for Columbus, two for 10 for Racine. Racine two for five on third down conversions. Columbus 0 for three. Both teams just moving in fits and starts thus far, Don. Neither team really getting any momentum, as we mentioned in the first quarter. It'll be the team that gets the big first play, or the first big play, that will make a difference in the second quarter, I think. Empty backfield for Johnson, throwing it up for Terrence Fitch down the far sideline and throws it just a few yards too long as Fitch had gotten a step on Dylan Moore, and it'll be 
third and 18 for Racine at their own 27 yard line. A little slow to get up is Jordan Jarrell. And there you go, Don. The Raiders take their first big shot down the field, looking for the pass. Terrence Fitch can't put the ball on the money, but at least they had the time for Johnson to make that pass downfield. Fitch with the good legs. You mentioned that he did have a step. The ball just a few yards too far down the field for him to get his hands underneath it. Flannery and Fitch to the left as they're going to empty it out again. Chris Hicks over on the right side along with Travis Worthington and Miles Spiegel. Johnson maybe audibly at the line. Just underway in the second quarter. Low snap, he has to go to the ground to get it. Throws up a moon ball for Fitch again, and it's overthrown by a few yards down the near numbers. It'll bring up fourth down, and Racine will send in Hunter Breinig, who had an 83-yard punt going this direction last week. What the fire are doing when the Raiders go to that spread formation is they're bringing their safeties up to guard the line of scrimmage five yards off the line. And without any safeties deep, the Raiders are saying, hey, let's try and go over the top. Let's see if we can just outrun the fire defense. So far, though, they just haven't been able to put the ball on the money. When they do, it'll turn into something big. But now they'll have to kick it away. Brining. A high punt, driving Tatum back, and Tatum's going to let it hit at the 10. It's going to go into the end zone just barely. So it'll be a 73-yard punt, a net of 53, 63 yards in the air, but we do have a flag along the far sideline. When he gets a hold of it and he's got the wind at his back, it's like the thing has helium in it. My goodness. Wait to see what the flag is about on the far sideline. They've started to move the chains. So figuring that this uh, is going to stick, whatever. Oh, we, they're waving it off now. I was going to say, we have a lot of officials shrugging their shoulders at the moment, which is never a good sign. And I do see the flag being picked up. He just had an extra yellow sock that fell out of his back pocket. That's all, folks. I think that was kind of an existential comment from Joe there. There is no flag. It's kind of like the Matrix, Don. There is no spoon. Or perhaps the force. Yes, could be. Joe Petrenis is trying to use the force out there. Didn't work with this crowd, though. 14-38 to play in the first half. Racine leads Columbus 3-zip. Columbus with a first and 10 at their own 20-yard line following the 73-yard punt. 53 net by Hunter Brining. Two receivers to the left. Two receivers will also be off to the right. When we get everything underway, Douse will be the back in the backfield. Actually, it's going to be an H-back on the right side of the formation. That's Renault Thomas. Hannah in the shotgun moves Dallas from the right side to the left side. Needs to get this snap off in a hurry, and he does. Hannah looking, left side. Tatum all alone down the far sideline. Makes the catch at the 48-yard line and steps out of bounds at the 50. It's a gain of 30 on the play as he just burned right by the defensive back on the far side of the field, and it's first and 10 Columbus at midfield. We've talked about how many defensive backs the Raiders have been using when the fire have gone to a spread formation. That time they came out in more of a traditional 4-3. They did drop the linebackers in the coverage, but there's no way anyone's going to catch up to Tatum when he is that wide open, and that's what he was down that sideline. Same formation. They actually mark it at the Columbus 49. Fake handoff. Hannah takes it off left tackle. Flag comes in. Steve Kleiss brings him down at the Racine 47-yard line, and we'll wait to see what Joe Petrena says the call is. Little read option, Colin Kaepernick style there for the Columbus Fire, but it might be for not, as we will check this penalty, which was thrown into the fire backfield. 
You got an illegal formation on the offense. Six men on the line of scrimmage. It's a five-yard penalty. Repeat the down. So pushing back five yards to the 44-yard line, their own. It'll be first and 15 for the Columbus Fire. 14-12 to play in our first half. Stay tuned at halftime. Talk to offensive lineman Ryan Gales along with Caleb Gwynn. At first, they marked the ball at the 47-yard line, which would have been only a two-yard penalty. Then the umpire comes in and moves it back to the 44 where it should be. Sometimes this whole counting thing for referees doesn't work so well. Tatum all alone to the left. Nope, Shear will join him out there. Off to the right is Renault Thomas. He's joined on the right side by Cameron Jackson. They empty the backfield. Douse goes over to the left to make it trips to the left. Hannah takes it, looking to the left, going for Tatum. Tatum with the step, and Adaris Anderson steals it from in front of him. Interception, Raiders. It'll be Raider football at their own 26-yard line as Hannah's pass just hung up in the wind, and Adaris Anderson was able to catch up to it and grab it and bring it in. And that's the key word, Don, catch up. It's great on hot dogs, and it's also great when defensive backs have catch-up speed. Adaris Anderson... Gave a step to Tatum. Tatum was well down the field from him, but the ball was underthrown. It got caught up in the wind, as you said, and Anderson pulls it away from him at the last second. That was just a matter of forearm strength at the end of the play, and Anderson had just a little more. Raiders break out of the huddle. Two receivers to the right. Nope, they're going to go trips to the right. Wallace all alone on the left side. Johnson in the shotgun. He has triplet to his right. 3-0 lead for Racine. 13-47 to play in the first half. Handoff goes to triplet. Triplet up the gut. And Howard Triplet is going to be pile driven down at the 30-yard line. A gain of four. Make it second down and six for Racine. Taken down by Josh Munnellen. One addendum to that last pass. He wouldn't have had to catch up if that pass had more mustard and those are the fourth of july jokes that you're going to get from dan pfeiffer folks send your complaints to dan pfeiffer at uh, mu fife on twitter receivers, here to please folks here to please receivers to the right two of them two off to the left as well DJ Smith will go in motion right side to the left side. Triplet in the backfield. He takes a handoff from Johnson. Right up the middle. It opened up. Slips the tackle at the 40. 45 trying to break outside, and he's going to be taken down at the Racine 46. A gain of 16 before Taylor Southall brings him down. Let's go ahead and say it, Don. The most effective play for the Raiders running the ball thus far tonight has been the draw play. The fire so aggressive to the point of attack. The Raiders using that to their advantage. This will slow them down a little bit at the line of scrimmage and make them think about taking that extra step towards the quarterback. That gives a little bit more time to Johnson and that opens up the passing game. Really smart job being done by the coaching staff for the Raiders in trying to counter this aggressive, quick defensive line for the fire. Two receivers each way for Johnson. Triplet to his left. Johnson looking to pass. Quick pass out to Smith. Smith makes the grab at the 48-yard line. He's pushed out of bounds by Des Relaford. It'll be a gain of just a couple, and it'll bring up second down and seven for Racine. Football, a very physical game done, but it's not just about how strong you are and how fast you are. You can out-scheme a team that has better athletes than you. Not necessarily saying that the Fire are better athletes, but again, they're deeper into their season. They have more experience. They're a more veteran team than this Raiders squad is. So you try to scheme around what they do, and you try to play to your strengths. And so far, the Raiders have done that not only to this three-point lead, but they're keeping this drive moving here in the second quarter. Wallace and Fitch to the right, Spiegel and Smith to the left. 
Johnson in the pistol, takes a snap, looking to pass, rolling out to his left, stepping up, throwing deep. Spiegel with a step, but he can't catch up to it as it falls incomplete at the seven-yard line. Miles Spiegel turned outside. The throw was to the inside. He lost it momentarily. Couldn't catch up to it. It'll be third and eight for Racine at the, their own 48-yard line. 11.29 to play in the first half. They lead three zip. That was the closest the Raiders came to getting that big strike. And give credit to Howard Triplett. He threw a big block at the start of that play, knocking one of the defensive linemen for the fire to the ground. A pancake block, if you will. That was able to spring the rollout for Johnson. He had time. He just couldn't put the ball in the money. It's tough to throw the ball tonight with this win that we have here too, Don. Flip the formation. Triplet now on the right side of Johnson as well. Johnson in the pistol, takes a snap, under immediate pressure, steps up, and he's going to be brought down. Might have gotten back to the original line of scrimmage before Rico Middlebrooks got to him, and it'll be fourth down and eight for Racine. That time the fire defensive line just a bit too much for the Raiders. The Raiders going with that spread formation. I'll tell you what, when you keep Triplett in there as a blocking back, it seems like that has spawned a little bit more time for Johnson. That might be something the Raiders want to stick with here as the game goes on, because with that empty backfield, it's all up to Johnson, and the fire defensive line is so quick to the point of attack, they aren't giving him much time to toss. Brining on to punt, gets off a high but short kick. Mile high, it's going to hit at the 25, take a Raider bounce inside the 20, and it's going to die at the 16-yard line. That'll go down as a 37-yard punt, but give them credit for one inside the 20-yard line, and it'll be first and 10 Columbus at their own 16-yard line. I'm assuming most of our listeners are familiar with the setup here at Historic Orlick Athletic Field. When he kicks that ball, it goes above the the light standards it goes so high in the air with our large press box windows it goes above our field of vision here in the press box i have to duck down to see that ball in the air that's how high it goes ray guy like for this punter yeah the packers should take a look at him and dan isn't that tall folks so that tells you that it really goes up there pretty high oh he would have the best view of the two of us Two receivers to the left, one off to the right for Columbus. I missed you too, Don. (laughs) Hannah has Dow standing a couple yards behind him as he's in the pistol. Hands it off to Dallas. Good hard run right up the middle, but runs into Kant Hall and Devron Davis. Picks up a yard to the 17-yard line. Second down in nine, Columbus. Ten and a half minutes to play in the first half. They trail Racine three zip. There, the fact that the Raiders have been sticking with that 4-3 on first down pays off for them. Devron Davis able to make the good tackle in the middle and again better tackling on the part of the Raider linebackers there as well. Let's see if they stick with that 4-3 here on second and long. It looks like they will. Sheeran Tatum off to the left all alone on the right side is Cameron Jackson. They give it to Dallas and Dallas up the gut gets across the 20 to the 21 yard line on the tackle for Racine was Diesel Eunice. It'll be third down and five for Columbus after a gain of four on the play. I'll tell you something. Maurice Dallas is a big Big boy. He played his Juco ball in 2003 and then went to the Ohio State University. He played some arena ball with the Marion Blue Racers. He is a low to try and bring down. Tatum goes into the backfield. The handoff to Douse and Douse slips a tackle and is ripped down across the 25 to the 26 yard line. Going to be just short of the first down. Once again, Diesel Eunice on the tackle for Racine. It's a fourth down and two for Columbus. See what they decide to do is they're pointing, let's go for it. And now they're going to do an official measurement as they mark it up across the 25. And it's going to be pretty close. 
Yeah, they gave him a kind spot there, Don. They're going to spot it actually closer to the 26, and the line to gain was about the 26 and a half. So this could be pretty close to a first down. Now, granted, you are deep in Raider, or excuse me, in fire territory. The fire are deep in their own territory, we should say. So, yeah, there's going to be about uh, nine inches or so that they need to get the first down. It's risky if you try to go for it here because you would be giving the Raiders the ball deep in your own territory and giving them the chance to maybe go up two scores. But at the same time, it's a short distance. And for the most part, you have been winning the battle in the trenches tonight. It does look like the Fire are going to keep the offensive unit on the field for now, at least. Unless they've got a quick kick in their rotation. If you see some trickery maybe coming from the quarterback, Hannah. Otherwise, I have a feeling they're going to try and push this thing forward and try and get the fourth down conversion here, Don. Nine minutes to play. This is a big play. Fourth and inches for Columbus at their own 26-yard line. Two receivers right, one to the left. Hannah in the pistol, Douse behind him. Hannah talking to Douse. He's going to move him off his right hip. Still having more of a conversation. Takes it, gives to Douse. Douse right at the middle, breaks it outside. First down as he's brought down across the 30 at the 31-yard line by Daquan McRae. A pickup of five on fourth and inches, and Columbus moves the chains. Really good instincts there for Douse. After the first contact, he saw he had space. If he busted things out further wide to the right, he went in that direction. And sure shooting, the Raiders were a little bit too close and contained, bringing the defensive line, 99, Brandon Rogers inside. That that the outside was available for him if he could bounce it out in that direction. He had space. He got the first down and a little more. Diesel Eunice comes off the field. He's having some problems with his right leg, it looks like. Two receivers right, two to the left for Hannah. He moves Douse back a little bit. Now hands it. Nope, fakes the hand off to Douse. Hannah rolling out to his left. Hannah being chased by Denfeld. Throws it complete to Maurice Douse out of the backfield. And Douse pushed out of bounds up at the 39-yard line of Columbus. A gain of eight will make it second down and two for the Columbus Fire. Offensive strategy sometimes can be dictated by time and score, Don. And right now, what we're seeing the fire do, they're trying to get yardage in smaller chunks than what we had seen earlier tonight. They're running the football more on this drive. In fact, four straight runs on the first series of downs on this drive. There, that's a short West Coast-style pass, getting eight yards, trying to get the yards via the yards after catch, not on the throw. So it looks like what they're trying to do is mount a large drive and maybe try and take the lead before halftime here. Hannah fakes the handoff to Thomas. Now it's an option. He pitches off to Mike Tatum, and Tatum is dropped down by Jarrell Bell at the 40-yard line. A gain of one will make it third and one for Columbus with 7.15 to play in the first half. They trail three-zip. And, hey, give Jarrell Bell a lot of credit. That play run out to the wide side of the field. There weren't a lot of Raider defenders on that side of the field. Bell had to recover and come all the way from the middle out wide to the side. 1v1. He makes the excellent tackle. He gets the big stick, and the result is they hold the fire at least down a little bit on what was a well-designed option play to a part of the field where the Raiders didn't have much coverage. They're going to bring the chains out all the way to the far side of the field. Want to remind you, the Raiders end this five-game homestand next week against the Door County Destroyers. Once again, game will start at 7 p.m. here at Historic Orlick Athletic Field as 
the Columbus Fire about a foot short of a first down, so they will be faced with a third and short here, and that really opens up the playbook for the Columbus Fire. We be interested to see if we see a deep ball opportunity for the Fire here, although they are going into that win, but that flag is against the pole a little bit more right now, Dan. They went play action on first down on this series of down after those four straight runs that we talked about on the last series. So they've gone into that section of their playbook, and this is definitely two down territory here. We saw them go for it on fourth down already deeper in their own territory. So yeah, why not take a shot here knowing that on fourth down, you feel confident in your offense's push and feel like you can still get the first down with that final opportunity, given that you have third and short right here. Hannah flanked by backs. He has Douse on his right side. Thomas on his left. Two receivers left. Shear all alone to the right. One-on-one -on -one with Sanders. Hannah takes it. Gives it off to Thomas. Thomas hit in the backfield by McRae, but he's able to slip away from it. And then it unable to take him down is Jarrell Bell, but three black jerseys get there. On the tackle for Racine will be Michael Recall and Devron Davis. It's going to go for a loss of a couple back to the 37-yard line and bring up a fourth down and three for Columbus. Raiders were bringing blitz on that one, and that was a design blitz for both a pass and a run. They get the penetration, they disrupt the play early on, and then the fire are left scrambling. As a result, it looks like they're going to send the punting unit out. A great defensive stand for the Raiders on third and short. We talked about how the fire could go down the field there. Instead, they try to get it in a small chunk. The Raiders, well prepared for it. Great defensive design. Again, give Chris Pivovar credit. He's been around the block once or twice, Don. One of the few faces still around here from when I was doing announcing here. He knows what he's doing and he had a great setup for that third down play. Some confusion on the part of the Raiders as they might have been going into more wanted to go into more of a protect and they're trying to run players on and off the field so they're just going to take a timeout with 5.45 to play here in the first half. We'll keep it here. Racine leads 3-zip. It's a fourth down and three for Columbus. Ball at the Columbus Fire 38-yard line. I'd have to say this 3-0 score is about right for the way this game has gone. Both teams have been able to mount drives but really haven't had much success once they've gotten the ball into opponents' territory, we've seen drives that have gone in fits and spurts, a lot of third-down conversions, a few fourth-down conversions already, but neither team has been able to get that big strike just yet, and we're just waiting for it because we know that both of these teams have the ability. We've seen Mike Tatum go deep down the sideline for the fire. We've seen Johnson try and throw it deep down the field for the Raiders. They just haven't been able to connect yet. Maybe it'll come a little bit later tonight when the wind dies down a little bit, as might happen after the sun goes down right now it's just kind of hovering over the horizon but you know what it's one of those things where this game is still anybody's contest and you do have the feeling that once a team gets that first big chunk of yardage in this game you might feel the momentum shift in a big way 5.45 to play here in the half. Stay tuned at halftime. Ryan Gales will join us along with Caleb Gwynn. They played together at Racine Lutheran High School, and now they're back playing alongside one another, just moving down a couple positions here with the Racine Raiders. Derek Shearer will be on to punt. The Raiders in a uh, more normal defense are going to send Jarrell Bell back, but expecting perhaps a fake here by Columbus. Shear standing at his 29-yard line. Bell will go back to the 25. Shear kicking into the wind, angles it towards the far sideline, and it's going to go out of bounds. Where are they going to mark this? 
45 yard line? Nope, it keeps moving up to the 48 yard line. So put that down as just a 14 yard punt for Shearer and the Raiders will have excellent starting field position as they start out first and 10 at their own 48 with 539 to play in the first half. I think it's fair to say that one went off the side of Shearer's foot, looked a little bit like my eight iron when I go out golfing. Not to mention that I think I saw someone in the fifth row call for a fair catch. I don't know if it was high enough for a fair catch. There was no coverage that was going to get to that fifth row. Two receivers to the right, two off to the left. Not only that, the guy said, stay away, stay away, stay away. Fire, fire. Shotgun formation for Johnson. He has triplet to his left. Johnson, twin receivers each way, hands off to triplet. Triplet right up the gut, runs into the back of his offensive lineman, the aforementioned Caleb Gwynn, and gets nowhere. Second down and 10 for Racine. Kind of fitting that Howard Triplett wears number 34, reminding me a little bit of Edgar Bennett tonight in that he's not necessarily the fastest back, but he's deceptively fast when he gets room to run. At the same time, it's a matter of getting that burst and getting by the first tackler, a lot like it was with Edgar Bennett. Edgar Bennett was the kind of guy who would beat 10 guys and get caught by the 11th guy. He was fast enough once he got into space. It was just a matter of finding him that space. Triplett hasn't always had that space tonight. When he has, he's been effective. Twin receivers each way for Johnson out of the pistol, throwing, hits Wallace at the 48. Wallace, the 45 at Columbus, spin move, and he's able to get down to the 40-yard line before he's taken down by Jordan Jarrell. They're going to actually mark him down at the 39-yard line, a gain of 13 on the play in a first down for Racine. Still difficult for me to see a guy wearing number three for the Racine Raiders and not think that it's Sam D'Elia. Nonetheless, Wallace with a D'Elia-like grab, he's got that same kind of size too, and he uses his lead blocker effectively to get the first down there a good wide receiver screen for the Raiders again they've been shifting the point of attack effectively tonight against this Columbus fire team and it's been working for them two receivers each way after this play will step away for a 10 second station ID Johnson gives off to triplet triplet right up the gut a flag comes out we'll reset it for you when we get back we'll step away for a station ID you're listening to Racine Raiders football on WIPZ 101.5 FM So a chop block called against the Raiders, and it was called against Caleb Gwynn. So even worse than a hole, it'll back Racine up 15 yards. It's going to be back into their own territory and be first and 25 for the Raiders with 4.15 to play in our first half. That'll kill the momentum of that drive real fast. It was a good run, too, for Triplett. Again, that draw play has been effective for them. But there, we might have seen why it's been effective. And it's the chop block there. You try and get low if you're an offensive lineman, but you don't want to go too low because if you take out the knees, you can get flagged for that. And the Raiders now are looking at first and very long. Smith. And Spiegel off to the right side. Fitch and Wallace to the left. Shotgun formation for Johnson. He has Triplett off his left hip. Johnson hands out. And there's going to be a false start. A little bit of a flinch by Fitch. We'll move Racine back five more yards. Offense, five-yard penalty, still first down. You talk about young teams and mistakes, and now the Raiders are facing first and 30 after consecutive penalties. Going in the wrong direction here, Don. you got to be trying to move the ball forward, and it's been stuff like this all night long for both teams. Now, granted, the penalty bug hasn't exactly bit the fire yet. They have been unable to get the ball going through the air. But the Raiders, it seems like they take two steps forward and two steps back. That's why we only have three points in this game right now. First and 30, ball at the Racine 41-yard line, three and a half minutes to play in the 
first half. Racine leads three zip. Two receivers each way for Johnson. Triplet to his left. Johnson takes. Under pressure. Steps up in the pocket. Rolls out to his right. Hits Smith on the outside numbers at the 45. And Smith swung down at midfield on the tackle. Josh Munnerline, a gain on the play of nine yards, and it'll be second down and 21 for Racine with three minutes to play in the first half. Might be time for the Raiders to consider mixing things up a little bit again with their snap count. Rico Middlebrooks comes off the end, and it looked like he had the snap count timed. He was really quick to the point of attack. Again, the Raiders doing a good job taking short drops thus far this evening, making sure that they neutralize that speed that the Fire have both through the middle and around the ends, but at the same time, when the Fire feel like they know what the Raiders are doing, they have that much much more of an advantage on the defensive side. Once again, twin receivers each way for Johnson. Triplet off to his left. Second and 21 from midfield. Johnson with time. Steps up in the pocket. Rolls out to his right. Under pressure. Loses the football. Picked up by Munnerline. And going over to the sideline. And check that. That was Middlebrooks. And it's going to be Columbus football. First and 10 at the 28-yard line of Racine. As Rico Middlebrooks picks up the fumble by Anthony Johnson. And it's the first turnover of the game for Racine and a big one here as Columbus is set up deep in Racine territory with 2.21 to play in the first half. We said we were waiting for the first big play of the ball game. We were thinking it might come with a yard with a large chunk of yardage. Instead, it comes with our first turnover of the contest as Johnson, just trying to roll to his right, loses the football and the fire take advantage. This is some of the best field position they've had all night. And now they're in a position where they can maybe take the lead if they can march this thing down and bring it into the end zone. 3-0, the Raiders with the lead right now, but the Fire have had the ball seemingly as much, if not more, than the Raiders thus far this evening. It's just a matter of them executing when push comes to shove. They've had the advantage in the trenches, it seems like, too. A little bit bigger and a little bit stronger than the Raiders' defensive line when it comes to their O-line, but it just hasn't seemed like we've seen Hannah be as accurate as maybe we expected him to be thus far this evening. They empty the backfield three receivers to the right, two off to the left for Hannah. Hannah in the shotgun looking to his left, throwing to his left. Flags come out as he throws it short of Tatum along the far sideline at the 20. And the penalty is a hold against Will McCary and it'll push Columbus back 10 yards back to the Racine 39-yard line where it'll be first and 20. The Columbus Fire basically saying to the Racine Raiders, hey, if you guys want to commit penalties and push yourself backwards, we can do the exact same thing. Is That was an obvious hold, and all that the Fire really get out of that is just moving backwards a little bit. You do stop the clock with 2.16 remaining here in the second quarter, but the Fire doing the same thing the Raiders did. And you know what? Neither team has looked particularly sharp in this first half thus far, Don. We have to say that. Even though both teams have moved the ball, neither team has been able to execute for that big play that we keep on talking about and you know what this 3-0 score is probably exactly what it should be given the quality of play we've seen early on so ball at the Racine 44 yard line two receivers each way coming into the backfield is Jackson the handoff to Douse and Douse is able to plow ahead to the 40-yard line, picks up four yards, Devron Davis on the tackle, and it'll bring up a second down and 21 for Columbus. Jordan Denfeld there as well. You saw a little bit of a bobble there on the part of Dallas with the football. 
and we are going to hit the two-minute warning as Columbus, again, goes back to the ground despite the fact that they are in Raider territory, but certainly not in field goal range and a long ways away from getting there with the pass right now. They're just trying to run out this half and try and get that lead again. They tried to do it a couple drives ago where they had the ball with nine minutes left. Now that they have it with even less time left, they're trying to control the clock and control what or control what they're doing with the football, but the Raiders ultimately are just disrupting them enough to keep them off the scoreboard. And this uh, this game, neither team has really been able to get too much going via the uh, ground. Howard Triplett has had a couple of nice runs. Douse has been a power runner that is uh, that is. Uh, Plowed his way through much to J.R. Taylor, who we haven't seen here tonight. Taylor is suited up, but I think they're hoping to be able to give J.R. a night off here if they at all can. And in this one, Racine leading three zip at the two-minute warning. Remind you to stay tuned. At halftime, we will have our player interview. And we kind of doubled up again this week like we did last week with Hunter Breinig and Sam Nissler, the two kicking specialists for Racine. We uh, we have Ryan Gales and Caleb Gwynn this week. Gales and Gwynn, they played alongside each other when they were both at Racine Lutheran High School, and now they're doing that here again at with the Racine Raiders. Gales was a tackle at that time, and Gwynn a guard, and now Gales had moved down where he is the center for the Raiders. You mentioned running the football, Don. I think it's been throwing the football where both teams have had their biggest struggles. In the first quarter, Hannah was two for five, Johnson was three for eight, and I don't think those percentages have gotten any better in the second quarter. Empty backfield for Hannah again. Three receivers to the left. He's looking left. Now middle of the field and going down and making the catch is Cameron Jackson inside the 25-yard line at the 23-yard line of Racine. A 17-yard pickup. Now they might actually give him another yard, an 18-yard pickup. It'll bring up third and two and a no huddle here for Columbus. They go two receivers to the left and two to the right. Douse off the right hip of Hannah. They send a receiver, Jackson, into the backfield. Hand off to Douse. Devron Davis, Michael Recall there. They're able to stop him just short of the first down. It's going to be fourth and inches, and Douse takes exception to something on the Raiders' side of the field as he got up and, uh, and looked like he was barking over at the Raiders' defenders. Give Davis credit. Great tackle on Douse, who is not easy to bring down. That's what makes this fourth and short right here. That was all Devon Davis bringing him down there. Of course, the fire will go for it on fourth and short. And goodness knows they have had the power to be able to get short yardage here tonight in this contest. But I'll tell you what, again, it's been motto a motto. And when the Raiders have needed a big tackle, the linebackers have stepped up in a big time way this evening. And Columbus, they just let the clock run down, not wanting to give Racine any time if they fail on this fourth down conversion. And it's 49 seconds remaining in the first half. Racine with a three-zip lead. And those three points weren't pretty, but they count all the same. <laughs> Sam Nissler, a 31-yard field goal, heading this way, actually, into this wind. It was a line drive kick that, as you said, never got more than 12, 13 feet off the ground and barely sailed over that crossbar. Yeah. Yeah, but it counts. And so far, those are the only points we have in this football game. And sometimes it's the little things like that. It's special teams. And we've talked a number of times on this broadcast throughout the year about Hunter Breinig and how great he has been for the Raiders as a punter. Ultimately, the Raiders have had pretty good field position most of the night and have kept the Columbus Fire from knocking on the door in terms of being in the red zone at all this evening. This is the closest they've come thus far. So it's made a difference. 
Fourth and inches, two receivers each way. Fakes a handoff to Doust, and Hannah breaks out of a tackle from Kleist. Gets the first down as he gets to the outside numbers, and Hannah taken down at the 10-yard line. He's going to pick up 10 on the play. It'll be first and goal for Columbus at the Racine 10-yard line. Oh, Steve Kleist had an opportunity to end that drive for the Columbus Fire, but he just couldn't bring down Hannah, and as a result, Hannah is able to make his way around left end and get that first down. Now the fire are at the doorstep. Empty backfield again for Hannah. He throws it up for Shear. Jump ball. And Shear can't come down with it. A lot of contact between Shear and Sanders. Sanders swiped at the ball and missed it. But Shear was trying to guard Sanders off the ball. And it fell into his hands. But he couldn't hold on. And it'll bring up second down and goal from the Racine 10. On those jump balls where both guys get to the spot in time, there's so much that goes on in such a short amount of time while the ball is in the air and falling towards the hands of the receiver. It looked like Shear was in the right spot. It looked like he had his hands prepared. It looked like he got his hands on the ball. Sanders, it didn't look like he got much of the ball, but he got just enough to disrupt Shear trying to catch the ball, and that was all it took to cause that incompletion. Lucky play for the Raiders, but a good play. 14 seconds to play. Second and goal from the Racine 10 yard line. Empty backfield again for Hannah. Looking to his left. Has time. Now rolling to his left. Steps up in the pocket. He may try and run. Hannah moving to his right. Was he over the line? He throws it up and Eric Sanders jump ball with Shear. Knocks it away in the corner of the end zone. Third and goal and they run out the clock on the half. Took 14 seconds on that play and Columbus can't convert as they get down to the Racine 10-yard line and Racine will go into the half leading three zip although we'll keep it here for a second the officials are discussing making sure that they have the same time on the field the horn went off the horn went off when the ball was in the air it's the end of the half to half Joe Petrenis saying the horn went off when the ball was in the air, so that is our halftime score. Three zip in favor of Racine as we go into the half. Crazy play to end the first half. That was just a mad scramble. I'm stunned there were no flags on the field. The initial pattern was that kind of non-pick pick play that you see a lot in the NFL where you have two receivers that cross over. Ultimately, one defensive back ends up running into one of the receivers. The other one ends up open, but when that wasn't there, you saw him Hannah shift the point of attack from the left side of the field over to the right side of the field. He thought he was going to run with it. In fact, that might have been been the better option in the end for him. Instead, he tries to float one up, and while the ball is in the air, there is a horn on the scoreboard here at Historic Orlick Athletic Field. Petrenitz hears the horn, so he knows that time runs out. The play does count, obviously, but at the same time, it falls incomplete, and despite the fact the fire were able to get an and-goal situation at the end of the half, they go into the locker room with nothing on the scoreboard. And the Raiders team MVP from last season, Steve Kleiss, being looked at by the trainers on the sideline. We're going to step away. We'll step away for a minute. We'll come back with my interview with Ryan Gales and Caleb Gwynn after this 60-second timeout. You're listening to Racine Raiders football on WIPZ 101.5 FM. Our halftime programming continues now with our player interview, and we're going to actually talk to two of the Racine Raiders offensive linemen here today. That's Ryan Gales and Caleb Gwynn. And uh, Ryan, we'll start with you being the veteran of the team. Uh, welcome back again this year. And uh, how, how's it been thus far with all these new guys coming? 
It's uh, it's been really, really good actually. I mean, we had a lot of new guys come in this year, but I feel like we've meshed really well, and everybody's just excited to get work in and get these wins. Now you missed last week because you were on a uh, nice vacation. I understand. Uh, how did that go? Where'd you go? And how much fun did you have? Uh, I had uh, plenty of fun. I went out to uh, Jamaica for a buddy's wedding and uh, my honeymoon. So it was a it was a good time. But uh, glad everyone was here getting work done. Now Caleb. Uh, you guys played together back at Racine Lutheran. Is that what kind of brought you to the Raiders this season? Oh, definitely. I, I uh, The last couple of years I've watched him play with the Raiders, and, you know, it's always been in the back of my mind that I wanted to play again. So, And I know him and him and Devron were pushing me for a while now to come back and play, so I finally uh, made the journey out here to play again. So what took so long? Uh, me being lazy, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I'd... For for a while, it was my work. I was working third shift a lot, so I didn't think I'd be able to play. And I got moved with first shift on a good schedule and was able to come out and play. So that's pretty good. Now, you want to clear something up about last week. There was a lot of talk about an injury that made that you left the game for, but, but that wasn't necessarily the case, right? Yeah, the paper made me look bad. I didn't get hurt. The ref took me out of the game because I was bleeding, so I did not get hurt. <laughs> injury <laughs> now ryan uh how has it been with getting some of the uh newer guys up to speed with the with the offensive line and with having a kind of new quarterback back there you've had craig starting for the past couple of years aj got some playing time last year but he has a little bit different of a style than craig so how has that been to get used to i mean uh with the new guys i feel like we've uh we've come in and they've been really excited just to learn our scheme learn everything we're doing and they're all really great guys, really talented guys, and very coachable. So everyone's just kind of come in and mesh, and we're uh, we're starting to get rolling here. And uh, along the lines of AJ, I mean, he was here last year. I mean, I got plenty of reps with him in practice last year, some in the game, like you said, but he's doing a great job. What's been the toughest adjustment that you've had to make this season or that the offense has had to make? Um, I feel like, at least offensively, as a line I can speak for, is just we're, we're probably a little bit smaller this year but we don't take that as a bad thing at all i mean we're a lot of quick guys a lot of athletic guys so we're going to try to get after people now coming into the team caleb uh, you got an opportunity to kind of get in that starting rotation right away something that a lot of guys don't get the opportunity to do with the racine raiders how was that is that kind of were you expecting to be in that position early on uh no i was i was never expecting that i i didn't know that a bunch of guys were going to retire and uh when i got here i saw we were kind of thin on the line with all these retirements and it was pretty uh i was pretty excited to get the opportunity to start when the time came so it's a good opportunity talking about thin on the offensive line and being smaller one of the guys that returned last week was the wiley veteran mr uh wannabe brett Favre retirement himself uh dusty swenson and he comes in at a swelt like 230 now and what kind of uh how has that been just to have him back in the rotation over the past couple of weeks in practice? Yeah, it's uh, it's been really awesome. I mean, Dusty's always been a really good player. Last year, you know, he slimmed down. He was athletic. He was super excited to get after it. And he's back even even more this year. So it's been really awesome to get him back in, all of his veteran knowledge. And, you know, he's just got a great attitude. So it's been great to have him around again. And have to ask you, uh, have to ask you, Ryan, Dale Robleski, trader or just an opportunist? 
Um, I'd say I'd say you might be an opportunist. I mean, you can't you can't take a guy like that and you know force him to play in line. There's a there's a minute there we thought he might come back, but you know you never know. He's he's a super back now, but he might float back and forth. We need him. Caleb, what's been the uh, biggest adjustment for you to make having played high school, then taken a couple of years off, and and now coming to the Racine Raiders and the level of competition that you faced here? Well, the biggest adjustment has been uh, just getting in football shape. I, you know, like you said, I've played in a few years, so I've been taking a while to get back into football shape, learn all the lingo, the get into a rhythm every week. It's uh, it's been quite an adjustment, but I think it's going pretty well so far. And how has it been making that change? You've obviously you're talking about coming to games and getting to see the team maybe from the stands and such, but actually being on the inside, being a part of this team, how has that been for you, Caleb? It's been great so far. I mean, I've missed football for a long time now, and now I've actually get to be a part of it. So it's it's uh, it's pretty awesome. I mean, my week is uh, a lot more busy now, but uh, it's worth it. I'd say. Don Waterwitz talking to Racine Raiders offensive lineman Ryan Gales and Caleb Gwynn at halftime of the game against the Columbus Fire. And Ryan, the Columbus Fire last year, they're the team that knocked you guys, ended your season. And uh, we're gonna, you're going to be playing these guys later on or we're going to be at half of the game when this airs. But is there, any, is there any edge in the locker room that you know that as far as wanting to kind of get back on the winning trek against these guys to avenge that loss from last year? I mean, I know me personally, I'd really like to come out here and, you know, get after these guys. It's, I feel like that's just got to gotta be the general attitude. You can't, you can't, you don't want to live in the past, but at the same time, you can't not learn from your mistakes. And with the with the fire and with them kind of, you know, knocking you guys in the in the mouth last year, is, that's obviously a favor that you would like to return here on, on July 4th weekend. Oh, for sure. Definitely. I mean, we always go into every game plan to come out with a win, but, I mean, I feel like there's going to be a lot of guys out here that really want this one. Caleb, joining the Racine Raiders organization, what's, has anything really surprised you or really stood out for you uh, in your time with the team thus far? I would say just the dedication from all the players, the volunteers, the just everybody that's involved with the Raiders. There's a lot of dedication and commitment involved with playing and setting up a game every week. Uh, it's actually really surprising how much goes into it, and it's really nice for a semi-pro team. It's not uh, something you see every day. So Now you got an opportunity to play next to Ryan at, uh, at Racine Lutheran. You get the opportunity to play next to him here with the Raiders. And, and what is that experience like for you to be able to kind of uh, you know, reunite with, uh, with someone that you played with in high school? It's pretty nice because uh, we both trust each other and pretty much know what we're going to do every time we line up and we can talk and communicate very well um you know when back when we were in high school he used to play guard and i played tackle and now we shifted over a little bit but it seems it seems to still work pretty well and Ryan, J.R. Taylor coming into the season, he looked even better coming off of his injury than he has maybe the previous couple of years, and it seems like he had gotten faster the last couple of years. What does he bring to this team, and, and how fun is it to be able to block for somebody that, is, that has that vision and, and can also smash guys? Uh, it's awesome. I mean, J.R. is one of the best backs, the, possibly the best back. And I don't know, it's just it's great to have him around. He's always great energy. He definitely knows what he's talking about. I mean, he makes us look good. I mean, even if we mess up, Jr. will take it for five, six, even with even then. So it's it's awesome to have him around. 
And with the with uh, with AJ back there and Stephen Jackson potentially back there and such, it, do you guys have to worry about the scramble a little bit more? Because it seems like those guys are seem to be willing to pull it down maybe a little bit earlier to run with it this year. Um, I guess you could say that's true. Yeah, I guess there's been a little bit more scramble this year. Um, I don't think it's really too much of a concern of ours. I mean, as I mean, blocking wise, we just kind of get the job done, make his pocket. If he decides to run out of it, then we'll move the pocket around a little bit. Caleb, opportunity to play football back in Racine in front of 1,000-plus fans typically every week. How has that been for you? You know, is, is that that's a, something I'm assuming that kind of excites you a little bit? Oh, it definitely excites me, and that's really what drove me back to coming back is being able to play in front, in front of a large crowd. It's pretty awesome, and like you said, 1,000-plus uh, fans in semi-pro don't always get that, and it's a blessing to be with the Raiders and an opportunity, so... A lot of guys, despite the turnover on this Raiders team, Caleb, on that offensive line that have a lot of experience. And have you had the opportunity to uh, really learn and grow from those guys, and including your old uh, classmate and uh, teammate Ryan here? Oh, definitely, uh, especially with Dusty and Dan and, and Josh Willis. Uh, they're definitely some some people that I lean on to uh, really help me get everything, you know, c- correct and my, get my assignments right. It's uh, definitely something I lean on. Ryan, what's the potential of the uh, of this team this season? Obviously, coming off back to back MSFL championships, that's probably a goal, a step along the way to the ultimate goal of a national championship. But with all the youth on this team, what is what is the potential? Where do you see this team going? I see us going all the way. I mean, we're young and we're hungry. You know, we've we're get, we're gonna get after it this year. I'm excited. I I don't see us not winning. You know, all of our games. We've we've got the skill here. We've got the talent. No one can say that we don't, so we can get the job done. All right. Well, I want to say thank you guys for joining us at halftime, and uh, and hopefully you guys are going to have a fun season of playing next to each other yet again here in 2016. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That was Ryan Gales and Caleb Gwynn. We're at the half. Racine Raiders and Columbus Fire will be back in a minute. You're listening to Racine Raiders football on WIPZ 101.5 FM. Yeah, the Racine Raiders with that 3-0 lead as we get set for the second half. A very patriotic halftime tonight, fitting for the 4th of July weekend. As public address announcer, the man who took over my chair, Tom Christensen. In fact, he used to be the analyst here with you, Don. So kind of shuffling the deck tonight a little bit. Had all of our veterans in the crowd stand up and be recognized tonight. And you can hear the stars and stripes forever in the background right now. Yeah, not much to speak of in terms of scoring in the first half. As both teams were able to drive with the football, but ultimately, struggled as they got it into opposition territory. Penalties hurting the Raiders a little bit. Also one turnover killing what had been a good drive for the Raiders. But while the Columbus Fire have been able to run the ball effectively neither team has been able to throw the ball tremendously well. And that has been a problem for both teams. And that's really the big reason why neither team has been able to get much done in terms of scoring. Because ultimately when you become one dimensional as both of these teams have had to do dealing with this wind and trying to throw the football and not doing so effectively, 
the the opposition is going to know what to do and they're going to be able to stop you if all you're doing is running the football and it doesn't matter whether you've got Howard Triplett, J.R. Taylor, Maurice Douse, Barry Sanders, whoever, when all you do is run the football, that's all that's going to happen is, def- is teams are going to stop that part of the game defensively. And I think I have my microphone fixed now. There we go. All right. <laughs> so let's take a look at the stats real quick. First downs in favor of Racine, 7-4 to four in the first half of play. 13 rushes for 37 yards for Columbus, 16 for 32 for the Raiders. 57 yards passing for Columbus, 59 for Racine. Here's the thing, though, Dan. So that's 94 total yards for Columbus, but they had five penalties for 38 yards, so that knocks them down to 56 net yards in the first half. And you look at Racine, you total those two up, it's 91 yards, take off 30 in penalties on four penalties, and that's 61 yards total for Racine in that first half of play. Yeah, you look at the passing numbers. Brandon Hanna, 5 for 11 in the first half. Anthony Johnson, 6 for 14. Both quarterbacks under 50% completion percentage. And really, Maurice Dow, 7 carries for 32 yards. Good, but not great. Howard Triplett, 10 carries for 30 yards. It's kind of been the ultimate three yards in a cloud of dust game thus far. The question is, again, if one team can start to get the passing game going, and you know that the Columbus Fire have the ability to do that with the talent that they have on their sideline with both Hannah and Mike Tatum, while the Raiders also have the ability to do that as well as we've seen Johnson have good games this season. Whichever team is able to do that first is probably going to be the one that gets the momentum here in the second half if either team is able to at all. Otherwise, we might end up with a score like last week's win over Muskego where it was 16-6. Hey, 6, 9, maybe 10, 13 points might be enough to win this one if neither team can get some offensive momentum going. But as the sun goes down and as the wind dies down here in Racine tonight, I'm expecting to see a little more offense in the second half. Hunter Breinig will kick off for Racine as he's going to be kicking left to right into what wind we have. Mike Tatum, the lone receiver back deep for Columbus. He's at his five-yard line waiting to receive the opening kickoff of the second half. Racine leads three-zip. It was a field goal, 31-yarder with 2.13 to play in the first quarter by Sam Nissler. And knuckleball just over the upright. The hand, Racine leads 3-0 as we start off the second half. Breinig approaches the football and he puts a boot into it it's a high but shorter kick fielded at the near hash marks on the four yard line by Tatum he cuts across the field at the 15 now cuts back at the 25 he breaks free Tatum the 35 40 45 50 Tatum towards the Raiders sideline Tatum the 25 and he's going to be taken down at the 21 yard line and on the tackle is the kicker himself Hunter Breinig it'll be first and 10 Columbus though at the Racine 20 yard line after that return of 75 yards by Mike Tatum. We've been waiting for a big play in this game and that might have been it and it might have come on special teams and that was all Tatum right there as he didn't have much in front of him. He's just so shifty. He was able to find one hole and then another. He cuts back. He starts down the right side. He heads to the left side. A little surprised he didn't break that one all the way. He kind of slowed down as he got to the 25 of the Raiders. Nonetheless, great feel position for the fire here to start the second half as they try to get on the scoreboard for the first time tonight. Tatum, he's maybe got that, uh, maybe he's uh, got the uh, the arena um, discipline <laughs> right now. Didn't quite have enough to uh, enough juice to get it all the way. Of course, Hunter Breinig, he was a track star in high school as well, and he's not your typical punter. He is uh, quite built. 
We have a flag on the play, and Joe Petrenis' mic isn't working. It's going to be a five-yard penalty against the Columbus Fire, moving back to the 25-yard line of Racine, first and 10, or first and 15 for Columbus at the 25 of Racine. I think that might have been a delay of game penalty, which is not a smart penalty to get on the first play of a drive in the first play of a half. But then again, I think there was a little bit of recovery required for everyone after that long kickoff return as well. So you start from the 25. It shouldn't make that much of a difference for the fire. If anything, it opens up room for more pass patterns for receivers in this part of the field. Two receivers each way. Douse alone back in the backfield. He takes a handoff. He runs right up the gut. He's going to pick up five yards to the 20-yard line before he's ripped down by Michael Ambrose, and it'll pick up a five, and it'll be second down and ten. No huddle offense here for Columbus as they send three receivers to the right and one to the left. Now Tatum comes in the backfield to join Douse. A handoff goes to Douse. No, a keeper by Hannah. He pitches to Tatum, and Tatum slips down at the 20-yard line before Daquan McRae touches him down. No gain, third and 10 for Columbus. On the run by Douse on first down, we saw him go straight ahead. He tends to be a one-cut back, but he can go straight ahead if he wants because he's got that big frame. He's really big through the shoulders, and he's got a lot of power. However, the fire go to something a little bit more gimmicky on second down, trying the option right to the wide receiver in motion in Tatum. They don't get much out of it. Big third down here for the Raiders, a stop, and they might be able to keep the fire off the scoreboard. They empty the backfield for Hannah, 13.40 to play in the third quarter. Hannah throws to Shearer in the flat, and Shearer will get down to the 15-yard line before he's knocked out of bounds by Jarrell Bell. They actually mark him at the 16, so it'll be a fourth down and six for Columbus now at the 16-yard line of Racine, and I believe this is going to be four-down territory for the fire. I'm not so sure about that. Oh. I believe we're going to see Shrivanian come out for the fire. We saw him at halftime kicking into the wind, and he was hitting from 40 easily. This one's going to come from about 33 yards out. He's going to have the range. The question is if he'll have the accuracy. Shrivanian, he wears a different size shoe on his right foot than he does on his left foot. One of those style of kickers. They're going to put the ball down at the 23-yard line. So a 33-yard field goal attempt for Shervanian with the wind behind him. Set up hash marks to the right. The snap is there. The hold is down. The kick is up, and it is good. And we're tied at three off of a 33-yard field goal by Shervanian. He matches the 31-yard field goal by Nistler back in the first quarter. And with 12.58 to play in the third quarter, we're knotted up at three here at Historic Horlick Athletic Field. We'll step away for a minute. You're listening to Racine Raiders Football on WIPZ 101.5 FM. And we're back at Historic Horlick Athletic Field. Shervanian tees it up at the 35-yard line. Back deep, Alex Wallace and Lawrence Peters. That next line is Hall and Adaris Anderson for Racine. They're up at about the 25-yard line. See what Shervanian has for a kick here with the wind at his back. Gusting to about 17 miles an hour here at Historic Horlick Athletic Field. Coming due from the south right now to the north. That's the way the field runs. 
Shervanian, line drive kick. It's going to drop at the 20, take a couple bounces. Peters picks it up at the 14. Peters near numbers, 20, 25, and taken down at the 29-yard line on the tackle for the Columbus Fire, Reggie McCallan. First and 10 for Racine, but we have a flag back at the 35-yard line. It looks like they might have him re-kick it as it was offsides, or maybe they'll tack on five here. Wait for Joe Petrenis to let us know what Racine wants to do. Looks like Racine's sending the return unit back out there. Got offsides on the kicking team. It's a five-yard penalty re-kick. So Racine will take the option for Columbus to re-kick this one as Shervanian hasn't really shown a whole bunch of leg. Yeah, even with the wind at his back, he wasn't able to get much on that kickoff. Of course, he was good on the field goal from... 33 yards out and that's what has this game tied right now ultimately it was that big kick return to start the second half that got the Columbus Fire in position to get on the scoreboard for the first time tonight now the Raiders have to try and answer back and again Anthony Johnson is probably going to be the one who has to get it done for the Raiders while we have seen Triplett find some room on a few draw plays tonight it's been the three-step job for Johnson or out of the shotgun formation just releasing the ball quickly that's been what's been most effective for the Raiders tonight and as we've mentioned we're hoping that the wind ties down a little bit. At least you are if you're hoping for some more offense in this game. It's picked up a little bit again here now, but ultimately, if you're the Raiders, you have to have a balanced attack if you're going to do some damage against this fire defense. Peters and Wallace standing at the 20-yard line. They're the back line. Here comes Shervanian. He approaches the ball, and this one he puts a little bit more boot into. Peters catches it at his face mask at the 15. Peters 20, 25, 30. Peters at lane 35 and taken down at the 36-yard line on the tackle. Devon Bettis for Columbus. So Racine, eh, they get about six yards off the five-yard penalty. They'll have it first and 10 at their 37-yard line. Ultimately a good decision to take the penalty and have the fire re-kick, but still good but not great field position for the Raiders here. You're going to have to go on a drive and you got to try and get some momentum going. Right now the fire has the momentum mostly again due to that kickoff return. If you're the Raiders you can get it back on offense with a sustained drive right here. Trips to the left. Worthington all alone to the right. Johnson in the pistol. He has triplet to his right. Johnson barking out the signs. Robleski, Smith and Fitch off to the left side. Takes it. Gives to triplet. Triplet Right off of right tackle, straight ahead, will pick up a couple of yards up to the 37, 38-yard line, a gain of two, second down and eight for Racine. Fire showed linebacker blitz on that one, so the interior of the Raider offensive line adjusted. The blitz was coming from the right side of the fire defense. Triplet tried to bounce it out to the left side, but you had man-on-man along the offensive line on that side, and ultimately the Fire were able to hold Triplet to just a single yard. Munnellin with another tackle on that play. He has five and a half in the game. Two receivers each way for Johnson on second down and eight for Racine. He has Triplet to his left. Johnson takes a snap, looking, looking to his right, throwing Fitch with the catch at the 48. Fitch into Columbus territory. Munnerlein catches him from behind, but not till Fitch gets down to the 39-yard line of Columbus. A pickup of 24 yards on the play and a first down for Racine with 11.45 to play in the third quarter, knotted up at three. One of the best plays of the night for the Raiders thus far, and I think the fire defense might have gotten confused there. You had the defensive line expecting a little bit more 
more pressure. They didn't get much of a push. And meanwhile, the linebackers dropping the coverage didn't look like they knew who they were covering. Wide open receiver and a big play for the Raiders to get into fire territory. J.R. Taylor into the game for the first time. He's to the left of Johnson. Johnson takes it. Little pitch out to Smith on the right side. Smith slips a tackle at the 40 and maybe picks up a yard before he's taken down at the 38-yard line. It'll bring up a second down and nine for Racine. On the tackle, C.J. Powell out there for Columbus as well as Dylan Moore. For as much speed and power and size as the Fire have in their defensive line and in their linebacker core, you're getting the feeling as though the Raiders are starting to understand that this secondary might be a bit of a weakness for the Fire. They're trying to shift the point of attack. That's a wide receiver screen to the outside. If you can start the play out there and you can beat a guy one-on-one, -on -one, you can get a big game. Johnson under center. Taylor alone back in the backfield. Smith in motion. Slot right to the left. Hand off to Taylor. Taylor breaks through. 35-30. Down the middle. 25-20. 15. And Taylor taken down at the 10-yard line. Dylan Moore with a touchdown saving tackle on the 27-yard run by J.R. Taylor. First and 10 Racine at the Columbus 11-yard line. Vintage J.R. Taylor. You've been seeing it around the state of Wisconsin and the state of Illinois for almost 15 years. He powers his way through the middle. He sees the hole so well. He's got that burst of speed, and he puts the Raiders in great position to retake the lead. Worthington out to the left side. Smith and Fitch off to the right. Robleski and Taylor in an offset eye formation backfield. Robleski offset to the right. Johnson ducks under center. Johnson takes the snap, gives to Taylor. Taylor sidesteps the defender, but he's going to be whipped down in the backfield trying to break it outside on the tackle. Taylor Southall takes him down back at the 16-yard line. A loss of five, second and 15 for Racine. That's a five-yard loss for Taylor, but that's one of the prettiest-looking five-yard losses you'll ever see. He gave a shoulder shiver to avoid the first defender that was absolutely a thing of beauty. Unfortunately, he couldn't get by the second one, but still, just the fact that he was was able to get that ball to the outside was something else. J.R. Taylor back with authority for the Raiders here in the second half. Not sure why we didn't see much of him in the first half, but certainly he will help out if he is back and in this kind of form in the final two quarters of the game. And that was the defensive back, Trevon Chavis, that he shoulder shivered. I don't think Chavis wanted anything to do with it. Johnson looking to pass, throwing end zone right side and nearly a one-handed interception by Dylan Moore, but he couldn't come down with it looking for Smith in that near corner of the end zone. It'll be third and 15 for Racine at the 16-yard line of Columbus. I did say that in the second half, a lot would fall onto the shoulders of Anthony Johnson, but that's the last thing you want to do when you're in the red zone like this in a tie ball game. Johnson already with one turnover tonight. He had a fumble in the first half. That was almost his second of the game. Not a very well-thrown ball. Johnson struggling a little bit this evening, both with the wind and putting the ball on target. Here on third down, they're going to need him to step up one more time. Whether or not he can find his receiver, that's why we watch. Third and 15, shotgun formation. He has Taylor to his left, two receivers each way, showing blitz as Columbus off the edge. They come. Johnson from the backside, he throws it. End zone, Fitch in his hands and out, and a flag comes in late. We'll have to see if that's going to be offensive or defensive out there. It looked like the defenders ran into each other there, Don. I don't think you should throw a flag there. The funny thing about it was when they hit each other, that left Fitch open, and he should have caught the football, but it clanked off his hands. That's a tough drop for Fitch. And now we have some angry fire players as it looks like there's a little dissension in their ranks. Number 17, offense. 10-yard penalty, previous spot, replay the down. 
So Raiders move themselves further back as Relaford with, uh, had Fitch push off on him. He was the first defender that fell down in that end zone on the far side of the field. So move Racine back 10 yards. It'll put the ball at the 26-yard line of the fire. Actually, the fire will decline it now, and it'll bring up fourth down. And Hunter Brining coming on to attempt the field goal into a bit of a breeze here at Historic Horlick Field. Let's see where they spot it down. It's going to end up being as they put it at the 23-yard line, so a 33-yard field goal attempt. Josh Willis, the snapper, Miles Spiegel, the holder. Ball set up, hash marks to the left for Brining. Trying to match the 33-yard make by Columbus, and he boots it up and through. 33 yards is good for Hunter Brining, and Racine takes back the lead 6-3 to three with 8.44 to play in the third quarter. We'll be back in a minute. You're listening to Racine Raiders football on WIPZ 101.5 FM. Want to say happy birthday to Julie Towery, the one of the equipment and uniform personnel for the Raiders. She'll be celebrating a birthday tomorrow. So happy birthday to Julie. 6-3, the Racine Raiders have the lead now on the Columbus Fire. I'm a little surprised that the Fire decided to decline that penalty there, Don, because if you take that 10-yard penalty, it makes the field goal that much more difficult, especially if on the replay of third down you get a sack, and that might have even pushed the Raiders out of field goal range. Instead, they decline the penalty, they leave the Raiders in field goal range, and the Raiders take the lead. Sam Nissler on to kick off. Tatum back deep along with Dylan Moore. And a little bit of a pooch kick. It gets through that second line. It hits the ground and covering it up is Racine. Tyler Elliott jumps on it at the 31-yard line. What a call and what a kick. And Samuel Nissler gets the crowd into it as he comes off the field and he has every reason to do so. A brilliant kick by Nissler as the second wave of Columbus Fire players was up at the 35-yard yard line they didn't have anyone in that portion of the field they didn't recover fast enough and the Raiders hop on the football with a chance to go up two scores that was a great sand wedge that he got to lay right next to the cup because that ball hit and it just bounced and stayed and Elliott just jumped on it it didn't move downfield which is what that second line of defenders for Columbus thought it would do it just stuck there now the Raiders just have to put out for birdie Don two receivers to the left two to the right Let's see if J.R. Taylor can do it here. He's in the backfield all alone, and Anthony Johnson's under center. Johnson may be audibly as there's nine in the box for Columbus. Takes it, quick pass, hits his intended receiver coming out of the backfield. That's Carmelo Velasquez. Velasquez taken down right away, though. No gain on the plate. It'll be second down and ten. Raiders go with two receivers split to the left and two to the right. They try the wide receiver screen, but the Columbus Fire had man coverage, so they were able to stop that screen relatively quickly. You know, Don, when I play golf, you know what goes good with golf? A good hot dog with mustard and ketchup. Now you're reaching. Loss of a yard on the play. Ball at the 32-yard line. The Columbus 32-yard line. Eight minutes to play here in the third quarter. Two receivers off to the right side. Wallace all low, one-on-one on the right side. I formation backfield, Chris Hicks the fullback, Taylor the deep back. 
Johnson under center, gives to Taylor. Taylor breaks it out to the left side. Taylor the 25, cuts back in the 20. Taylor on his feet and tripped up at the 16-yard line by Dylan Moore. A pickup of 16 yards and another first down for Racine. First and 10 at the 17-yard line of Columbus. We talk about how young this Raider offensive line is, but it's the veteran instincts of J.R. Taylor that pay off. The fire show run blitz through the middle with their linebackers. Taylor decides to hit one hole further to the outside on the left, and he's got lots of room to run. It's the little things like that that J.R. Taylor sees because he's played so much football in his life that give him that advantage as a back for the Raiders. Two receivers each way for Johnson. Taylor alone back in the backfield. Johnson under center. Hands it off to Taylor. Taylor slips a tackle in the backfield. Slips another tackle. 10-5. Touchdown Raiders. J.R. Taylor, 17 yards to pay dirt, and Racine leads Columbus 12-3 with 6.57 to play in the third quarter. It's J.R. Taylor's world and we're just living in it, Don. He comes in in the second half and he takes over this football game with power and speed. He looks plenty fine and he might have another year of football in him if he keeps playing like this. Sam Nissler on for the extra point attempt. Spiegel will hold. Looks like Racine's short a player. And someone running out onto the field now. That is Dan Figueroa. Racine trying to extend their lead to 10. Kick is away, and it's a bullet, and it's through. And the Raiders lead Columbus 13-3 with 6.57 to play in the third quarter. We'll be back in 60 seconds. You're listening to Racine Raiders football on WIPZ 101.5 FM. J.R. Taylor goes in for the first touchdown of the game. And for Taylor, that is his eighth touchdown of the season. Back deep for Columbus is Tatum to receive the Nistler kick. And while Taylor deserves credit for that touchdown run, let's also give some credit to the Raiders' offensive line as well, which has been getting a better push here in the second half for Taylor. It looks like they've adjusted a little bit better here in the second half to what the Fire have been doing up front. Again, the Raiders going with more draws in this game because the Fire do have speed to the point of attack, but J.R. Taylor's so good at seeing the hole, and once he gets into the secondary, it's all done. They go with the chip kick they again! It again, and this time... Making the catch and going out of bounds is Eric Robinson. And it'll be Columbus football back around the 40-yard line, waiting to see the official spot at the 36-yard line. First and 10, their football. And so back-to-back -back big calls by the Raiders coaching staff to try and get something going. Of course, the disadvantage when you don't get that to work is that you give the other team pretty good field position as they will have the football now at the 36-yard line. Nonetheless, you, you, you take the chance once, you're able to pull it off. When you take the chance again, you're probably taking an even bigger risk because the other team is going to know what happens. I don't know. I guess, you know, you see that gap. Maybe you give it a shot one more time. If it works, you look like a genius. If it doesn't, you get criticized. That time it just didn't work. 
Hannah hands off to Douse. Douse tries the middle. Little spin move, and he'll pick up a yard. It'll bring up second down and nine. J.R. Taylor, by the way, here in the second half, Dan, four carries for 54 yards. Came in and just took over the game. This is a big drive for the fire, by the way, Don, because this is a point where if they go three and out, they can see this game start to slip away, especially the way that Taylor's been running the football coming in here in the second half. They're going to try and mount a drive right here, a sustained drive, holding on to the foot and getting points if they're going to stay in this football game. Otherwise, if the Raiders go down and score again, this one starts to feel closer to over. Some confusion it looked like for the fire, and now everybody on the field moved except for Hannah, and we have a, only one flag out. That's all I guess we need in that situation. We'll see who they call it on. There was a lot of confusion. They're already moving Columbus 58 back. offense, false start. Five-yard penalty. Lee Tracy. One of the guards called for the false start. A second down and 14 for Columbus now back at their own 32-yard line. And already it's starting to feel like the fire are a little rattled by the fact the Raiders came out and moved the ball so well here at the start of the second half. Now on the offensive side, you start to see a mistake or two. They've got to try and get something going on the offensive side if they're going to stay in this game like we just said a play ago. They'll go with the spread formation here. Hannah. Nobody in the backfield. They empty it out. Three receivers to the left, two to the right. Hannah takes a snap, looking under pressure, steps up in the pocket. He runs, 35-40. Hannah, 45, breaks it outside into Raider territory. He's going to run out of bounds at the Raider 40-yard line, a pickup of 28 yards, and Columbus moves the chains on their biggest offensive play of the game. One of the things we saw Hannah do at the line of scrimmage was point deep down the field. And what I think he was pointing out was the fact that the Raiders, Raiders were playing only with one deep safety. I think he was trying to tell his receivers, hey, someone look deep downfield and try and go over the middle. See if you can't pull the safety away. Instead, the Raiders, with their dime package, didn't leave anyone open. But Hannah takes off and gets a good gain into Raider territory. Hannah gives to Dallas. Dallas. On the right side, he picks up a few yards before he's brought down by Michael Ambrose. Gets inside the Raider 40-yard line to about the 37, a gain of four. Second down and six for Columbus. 5-10 to play in the third quarter. Racine leads by 10. One of the things we haven't talked a lot about tonight, Don, is the fact that the Fire did not bring a huge complement of players with them this evening. We might be starting to see a little bit of fatigue on the part of some of the Fire players. The Raiders have been getting a better push in the trenches here in the second half thus far than what we saw in the first half. Hannah brings Tatum into the backfield. He gives it to Tatum on the end around. Tatum, the 35, breaks a tackle there and is taken down at the 31-yard line, a gain of seven, close to a first down, depending on the spot if they put it at the 31-32. And they're going to move it back more towards the 32, so make it a gain of six. It'll be a third and one. Ross Teller with the tackle for Racine, along with Michael Recall. No huddle for Columbus. Two receivers each way. Douse behind Hannah. Handoff goes. No, nope. Hannah keeps it, and Hannah bursts through the hole. Hannah the 20, Hannah the 15. He's brought down from behind by Recall at the 13-yard line, a pickup of 19 yards. And now Mike uh, Brandon Hannah, he's really starting to move the chains for Columbus with his feet. Touchdown saving tackle by Recall there. Once again, Hannah in the shotgun. He has Douse behind him. 
He's waiting for the officials to start the clock. Hands it off to Dallas. They know they have momentum, and Dallas is going to be dragged down by Tory Ruffin and Diesel Eunice. He gets down to the Racine 10-yard line. A pickup of four, second down and six, make it a pickup of five, second down and five for Columbus. And they're going to stay in this hurry-up offense right now as they've got something going, and they've got the Raiders on their heels. Two receivers each way for Columbus. They put Tatum in motion, slot right to the left side. Hannah with Douse off his left hip, gives to Douse. Douse tries right through the middle of that line, and he's going to be very close to a first down, about a yard short at the six-yard line of Racine. It'll be a third down and one for Columbus with three minutes to play in the third quarter, and they trail by 10. Back in that hurry up again. Hannah sends Tatum in motion across the back of the line. Gives to Douse. No, Hannah keeps it himself. Breaks it outside. Has a block. And Hannah into the end zone from six yards out. And Columbus matches the Raiders. And it's a 13-9 lead. We may have had a flag on the play coming from the side judge. He's very emphatic, Dan, as he's coming off to talk to Joe Petrenis. And we do. The flag ended up out of play beyond the orange pylon. <laughs> Quite the throw there. Get that guy a baseball contract. We have a dead ball and sportsmanlike conduct ball as Joe Petrenic's microphone is not working. We'll penalize on the kickoff. And an ejection. One of the players for the fire has been ejected, and I'm trying to see who just walked off the field. Good ball. Unsportsmanlike conduct on number four. Ford's been ejected. We'll penalize 15 yards on the kickoff. Oh, four for Racine. Jarrell Bell has been tossed from the game for the Raiders. He's in disbelief on the sidelines right now as he's got his helmet up on his head. Did not see what happened there. Maybe a hit after the play was done, but the Fire do get on the board with six. Shervanian on for the extra point to try and make it a three-point game, and now they're going to do a two-point pass to Shear as nobody was on him on the far side, and picking it up with C.J. Powell and throwing it out there. The two-point conversion is good, and Racine only leads by two. 13-11 with 2.50 to play in the third quarter. Momentum is completely flipped very quickly in this game. We'll be back in 60 seconds. You're listening to Racine Raiders football on WIPZ 101.5. FM. So Shavanian will kick off from midfield. Back deep are Peters and Wallace. They're standing at the goal line for Wallace on the left side of the field. Peters standing about seven yards into the end zone. Shavanian has it teed up at the 50. Ultimately, it was the read option for the Columbus Fire there that did damage to the Raiders' defense as both Hannah and Douse were able to communicate effectively enough that they could make sure that either one who had the better route held on to the football. Ultimately, it was Hannah with a great fake to Douse before he took it into the end zone on that last touchdown run that set up that play. And then the fake on the extra point. Not really sure you need that fake at that point, but that makes it a two-point game instead of a three-point game, and that means that if the Fire get a field goal, they end up taking the lead in this contest. Now they'll kick off from midfield, and let's see if they try something tricky here. 
Shavanian a short kick. Peters fields it at the two-yard line. Peters cuts across the far side of the field at the 10, the 15, the 20. Peters up to the 24-yard line before he's piled out of bounds. It'll be first and 10 Racine at the 24-yard line. And the reason for the delay before the kickoff is that Jarrell Bell had not left the field and he had been ejected. So he had to be escorted off the field by Raider staff and into the locker room. He's not allowed in the field of play when uh, once you've been ejected from the game. We're going to, uh, after this next play, we will step away for a station ID. 2.40 to play here in the third quarter. 13-11 is the score in favor of Racine. They have a first and 10 at the 24-yard line of Columbus. Tyler Elliott breaks out to the left. Two receivers, Velasquez and Peters, off to the right. I formation backfield behind Anthony Johnson. Howard Triplett, the deep back. Hicks, the fullback. Johnson looking to pass, throws. Elliott on the slant, makes the catch at the 32, still on his feet at the 44-yard line, and taken down at the 46-yard line, a pickup at 22, and a first down for Racine. We're going to step away for a station ID. You're listening to Racine Raiders football on WIPZ 101.5 FM. Two minutes left to play in the third quarter. Racine with a two-point lead. First half a defensive battle. Second half has been all about the offense thus far. Two receivers each way for Johnson. He hands off to Triplett. Triplett finds a little bit of a lane. Triplett breaks a tackle at midfield and Triplett down inside the Columbus 45 to the Columbus 42-yard line. That'll be a pickup of 13 and a first down. Robinson on the tackle for Columbus. The first half was a lot about offensive mistakes. The second half has been about offenses being effective, particularly on the ground. For the Raiders, it's been J.R. Taylor and now with Triplett back in the game. For the fire, it's been both Hannah and Douse on the ground. The Raiders lost all the momentum they got with Taylor having the big drive on the first drive of the second half, but now they're trying to get it back here on this second drive. Elliott and Hicks to the right. Velasquez and Peters off to the left. Pistol formation for Johnson. Triplet to his left. Johnson takes, looking to pass. Quick throw, middle of the field, caught by Velasquez, and he's spun around, taken down at the 37-yard line. A gain of six on first down. Second down and four for Racine. Second quick slant we've seen on this drive, Don, and it's one of the best patterns to run because it's one of the toughest patterns to defend. We saw the 1990s Green Bay Packers run that quick slant effectively all the time, the Robert Brooks. It does require timing. You have to make sure your receiver and your quarterback are on the same page, but it's a short pass and it's an effective pass because unless the defender hops the route, it's very tough to try and knock down. Same formation for the Raiders. Johnson in the pistol. Triplet to his right. Hands off to Triplet. Triplet tries to go off left tackle and he'll pick up two yards to the 35-yard line where it'll bring up a third down and two for Racine. At the 35 of Columbus, nearing the end of the third quarter, Racine leads by a pair of points. And that's where you see a little bit more of Triplet's inexperience in comparison to J.R. Taylor. Again, the fire go with the run blitz with the two linebackers, one coming from the outside, one from the inside. The outside linebacker goes around the edge and leaves a hole on the outside, but Triplet doesn't cut back to the outside. He tries to power his way through the inside. He doesn't get the kind of yardage that he wanted to get right there, and we have reached the end of the third quarter. Racine leads Columbus 13-11. We'll step away for a minute. You're listening to Racine Raiders Football on WIPZ 101.5 FM.
Raiders come out of the quarter break with two receivers to the right, one to the left. Elliott one-on-one on the bottom side of the field. Johnson audibles, offset eye formation backfield behind him. Johnson on a keeper, tries the middle, nothing doing, and then busted off to the left side, and second, third effort may have gotten him just enough for a first down, depending on the spot. Sometimes it's just about churning the legs and keeping the play going, and give Johnson credit. That's exactly what he did there. He knew he wasn't quite down, and he got really close to the marker. I think we're going to need a measurement for this one, Don. Yep, and there's Joe Petrenis calling for the measurement. Well, what do you think, Dan Pfeiffer? One for one in the game. This one is pretty close, and I didn't see where the marker was before they started to trot it out there. I'm going to say he's just a tiny little bit short, but I'm hoping I'm wrong. As they stretch out the chains, and they have it. By the nose of the football, so Dan Pfeiffer falls to just 500. That's how easy your batting average can slip when you only have so few opportunities, Dan. I didn't reference Paul McGuire. That's the problem. I referenced him after they placed the chains, not before. Nonetheless, hey, give credit to Anthony Johnson for keeping that play alive and giving the Raiders a new set of downs. Ball hash mark to the left. It'll be first and 10 for Racine at the 33-yard line of Columbus. Racine leads by two. Peters and Velasquez off to the right. Elliott all alone on the left side of the field. Offset eye formation backfield. J.R. Taylor is the deep back as Johnson ducks under center. Johnson takes, hands off to Taylor. Taylor, a little stutter step, breaks free. 25-20, middle of the field, 15, 10, 5, angling. Touchdown, Raiders. J.R. Taylor, 33 yards for the touchdown. And for Taylor, that is his ninth TD of the season, his seventh rush. TD and Racine leads 19 to 11 with 14 14 to play in the game. That play should have been stopped three yards in the backfield. The fire brought pressure. They had seven men up on the line, but they came a little too fast. What have we been saying has been the most effective play for the Raiders all night? The draw play. The offensive line drops back. Taylor runs right by the first wave of defenders, and then he's got the speed and the elusiveness to find his way to pay dirt. Hunter Brinig on to try and make it a nine-point Racine lead. They lead 19-11 with 14-14 to play in the game. Brinig's kick, a little pooch kick. No, he pushed it to the right. So it will remain an eight-point. No, we have a flag on the play. There was a lot of movement before the snap there, Don. They might luck out and get another chance at this. think Columbus was offsides and didn't get back. Encroachment, defense, half the distance to the goal, re-kick. So now you're up eight here, Don. It's 19-11. You're at the one-yard line now. Do you consider going for two in this situation? It looks like they're going to keep the kicking team out there. That surprises me a little bit. That 10-point lead makes more of a difference than the nine-point lead. Well, it's a two-possession lead either way for Racine if Brining can put it through as opposed to if they fail on the two-point conversion, it's a one-possession lead, and Brining does convert and gives Racine a nine-point lead, 20-11 to 11 with 14-14 to play in the game. You're listening to Racine Raiders Football on WIPZ 101.5 FM. We'll be back in one minute. J.R. Taylor, five carries, 87 yards, and two TDs. Howard Triplett, 13 for 45 in the game as Racine goes over 100 yards rushing on that TD run by J.R. Taylor. That gives the Raiders a nine-point lead. 
Hunter Breinig tees it up at the 35-yard line. Tatum is at the goal line, and he's having a discussion with some Raiders fans in the north end zone. Might be a little distracted here. A 17.4 yard per carry average for J.R. Taylor. And oh, by the way, five carries and two touchdowns. I'd say he's having a decent night for limited work. Came in averaging just under six yards a carry. Brining kicks this one short, fielded at the 28-yard line, up across the 40, 45 midfield, stepping out of bounds in Raiders territory is Cameron Jackson. They mark him out at the 49-yard line, so that little pooch kick didn't work out for Racine that time. It'll be first and 10 Columbus at the Racine 49-yard line. Racine leads by nine with 14.07 to play in the game. And I have a feeling that if the Raiders get to kick off again we're going to see a more traditional kickoff as I get the sense that the Columbus Fire have picked up on how to handle that pooch kickoff and the fact that they are starting in Raider territory is not something that's going to make the defensive coaching staff very happy. I really thought you might sing I've got a feeling when you said that. But I, I do have a feeling that tonight's going to be a good night but it's not going to be a good night if you keep on making that pooch kick and giving the fire the ball across the 50. Two receivers each side. They're stacked one behind the other. Douse to the left of Hannah. Hannah gives off to Douse. Douse runs into Diesel Eunice after he picks up a yard to the Racine 48-yard line. They'll mark him more close to the 47, so a gain of two. Second down and eight. Now they dance back to the 48, so a gain of one. Promise this time. Second and nine. And give Eunice credit there, too, because Douse started to the inside and bounced to the outside, and the Raiders went strong to the inside with their linebacker core. Eunice was basically the last line of defense along the edge there, and he was able to make the tackle on his own. Had he not been able to make that grab, there was a lot of space there for Douse to run. Four receivers to the left, one to the right. That's Jackson as they empty the backfield for Hannah. Hannah looking to his right, throwing to his left for Tatum along the sideline, makes a catch at midfield, and then Tatum runs into Daquan McRae at the 45-yard line. A gain of three, third down and six for Columbus with 13-10 to play in the game. They trail Racine by nine, and they're at the Racine 45. Even down nine, give credit to Hannah for the veteran instincts making the eye fake to his right and then throwing to his left where Tatum was open. Nonetheless, the Raiders secondary is doing a great job tonight of stacking up on the fire receivers, particularly Tatum, who is such a threat, as we know from so many years of playing indoor football. Now tonight, he's had a good night, but not a great night. They haven't been able to find him deep. He certainly has been open a number of times, but they just haven't been able to hit him for that big play they've needed. Two receivers each way. Douse is the H back on the left side. Hannah looking to his left, throwing, and hits his intended receiver, C.J. Powell, for a first down at the Racine 38-yard line. Looks like they got just enough. Seven yards, they needed six, and they moved the chains with 12.20 to play in the game, trailing Racine by nine. We've mentioned how much the Raiders have gone to that dime package tonight, particularly in and-long situations on second and third down. That time they had the dime package, they went with a delayed blitz from the secondary on the far side. They went to the near side, and it ended up being an effective pass. Hannah fakes the handoff to Douse and then gives off to Tatum, and Tatum breaks it outside, gets inside the Racine 35-yard line to the 33, a pickup of five on the play, second down and five for Columbus, and that fooled everyone as the Raiders' defense all went to Douse. Option right, pitch to Tatum. Tatum had room to run. He gets four, not much, but still enough to be a threat. And you know what? We might see a little bit more of that option here in the last couple minutes of this game. 
Two receivers left. Hand off to Dallas right up the gut. And Dallas is taken down at the 30-yard line. On the tackle for Racine was Ryan Arnold. And it'll bring up a third down and one as Columbus goes into a no huddle. Deveron Davis in there as well, twisting him around and bringing him down. Third and short for the fire. Let's see what they go with here. Douse off the right hip of Hannah, and he gives to Douse. Douse right into that line, and Douse may have been stopped. Ryan Arnold in there again, along with Devron Davis and Michael Ambrose, and it doesn't look like he got anywhere. It's going to bring up fourth and a yard for Columbus with 11 minutes to play in the game. They trail by nine, and they're at the Racine 29-yard line. To be honest with you, Don, Douse has not been the more effective runner for the fire in the second half. It's been Hannah that's been the better runner. A little surprised he didn't go with the read option there. That was a straight handoff to Douse. Douse has not looked nearly as powerful again. Fatigue may be settling in here for the fire. If they stick with Hannah, you really get scared. But the Raiders have focused on shutting down Douse. And there they did exactly what they wanted to do. Some confusion among the officials here and see what Joe Petrenis is looking at. The coaching staff wanted a measurement, and they're going to get their measurement. Columbus apparently put up enough of a fuss over not getting a measurement on this one that Joe Petrenis finally gave in and said, fine, we'll take a look. He literally said that over the microphone here at Orlick Field. <laughs> well, and it's close enough that you at least want to know how far you have to go. I don't think the Fire are making the case here that they got the first down, but you might change your play design if it's a yard rather than a foot. So with it being about half a yard or so, you're still in the range of a quarterback sneak being a viable option, or maybe you go with something to the outside. And that looked very close to more full yard almost for Columbus having to go here with 10.55 to play in the game. They trail by nine, so they need two scores. And on the field, still with his helmet off, is Matthew Neal. He needs to be careful about that. Now he's going to put it on as they whistle the clock to start. Two receivers each way. They're stacked on the left side. Hannah in the shotgun. He has Dallas off his left hip. Sending Jackson into the backfield. Fakes the handoff to Dallas. Hannah throws it back. And avoiding the first tackler is Jackson. But all the black jerseys then have time to get there. There's eight of them on them. And that play failed miserably all the way back to the 38-yard line. It'll be a turnover on downs and a first and 10 for Racine going right to left. You know, I wonder if both the Fire and Raiders coaching staffs are listening to our broadcast. Douse, the Raiders keying on him so well on that drive. Fake the handoff to Douse. It's Hannah that holds onto the ball. But the Raiders prepared for Hannah. Hannah then tries to toss the ball backwards to Jackson. Jackson, though, had nowhere to run. The Raiders did a great job of shifting the defensive attack from the right to the left when they had to. And it's a big turnover on Downs. A loss of 10 on the play. Racine comes out high formation backfield. Robleski and Triplett behind Johnson. Handoff goes to Triplett. Triplett with a little room gets across the 40 up to the 42-yard line before he's brought down by Eric Robinson and Josh Munnelein. And now this is where you want to pound the football if you're the Racine Raiders. Again, we've only seen bits and pieces of J.R. Taylor tonight. They've been very effective bits and pieces. It looks like they've gone back to Triplett for the most part here. He gets four on that one. 
The Fire know what the Raiders want to do. The Raiders know what they want to do. They want to pound the ball. The Fire wants to stop them from running the football. Now it's just mano a mano. Who's got more strength at this point in the ball game? Second down and six for Racine. Howard Triplett has had a fumbling problem in his season and a half here in Racine. Two receivers left, two to the right, and Johnson under center. Triplett the deep back, handoff to Triplett, off left tackle, Triplett midfield, and Munderline holds on. Otherwise, that would have been a bigger play than it was, as is Triplett to the 47-yard line of Columbus, a gain of 11, and Racine moves the chains, first and 10, and Robleski gets up a little shaken up, but he's going to stay in. You get a little scared that you're jinxing him as you bring up his fumble issues there, Don. But he held on to the ball there. It's a matter of shifting the ball into the hand that is further away from the defender. He doesn't always do that by instinct, and he didn't do it there. He was a little bit worried that it might get punched out at the end of that play. But still, the Raiders moving the ball well here in the second half. The offensive line looks stronger in the second half of this contest. Under nine minutes to play in the game. Three receivers to the right in motion is Robleski, handoff to Triplett. Triplett puts the ball on the ground. He's able to fall on it though at the 39 yard line. It'll be a pickup of eight on the play. Although they're piled up now and it is Racine ball. Triplett recovers his own fumble. A gain of eight on the play. It'll be second down and two with eight and a half minutes left to play and I'm getting the ire of the press box right now. Yeah, you can't see what's going on up here in the box because this is radio, but I have a clipboard in my hands right now and I just started trying to bash Don over the head for it for bringing up the fact that Triplett tends to fumble the football because of course two plays later, what does he do? Fortunately, it bounces right back into his hands. He got good yardage on that play, but believe you me, Right now, Anthony Johnson is saying to Mr. Triplett, uh, get two hands on that football. In fact, Triplett comes off, and it's J.R. Taylor who's out there now for the Raiders. Yeah, Coach Kennedy having a talk with Howard Triplett as Taylor is to the left of Johnson, three receivers to the right. Johnson looking to pass, throwing for Worthington. Worthington with the step, makes the catch at the 18, and he's going to be taken down at the 12-yard line, a gain of 28 yards on the play before he's brought down by Robert Gabriel. It'll be first and 10 race at the 12-yard line of Columbus. And just when you think the Raiders are going to go conservative the rest of the night, they go downfield and they get the big strike. Travis Worthington, the first time we basically say his name tonight, he gets his hands on the football, and that's one of the bigger pass plays we've seen this evening, Don. Two receivers to the right, that's Peters and Flannery. Two to the left, Robleski and Worthington. Lone back in the backfield, back in the game is Triplett. Johnson under center. 7-10 to play, 9-point Racine lead. First and 10 from the Columbus 12-yard line. Hand off to Triplett. Triplett tries the right side. He'll pick up two yards the 10-yard line, and it'll bring up a second down and eight as we're under seven minutes to play in the game. Big series of downs here for the Racine Raiders. You can make this a three-score game if you can get on the scoreboard one more time. However, you also want to run some clock here. 6.42 and counting on the scoreboard. You have this nine-point lead. The big thing, don't turn the football over. Hold on to it. At least get three out of this possession. Two receivers each way. On the right side, they're stacked just off of the tackle. J.R. Taylor, the lone back in the backfield. Johnson audibly. He has Robleski and Worthington off to the left side. Johnson under center. 
Columbus showing blitz. Johnson looking to pass. Fires to Robleski. Robleski upended at the goal line. He's going to be just short of the goal line on the nine-yard pass from Johnson. The superback almost got his first super touchdown of the game as he even went aerial on that one. Laid out like Superman right there. But, you know, you don't see him get his hands on the ball a lot. But when he does, he's a dangerous weapon. He's got a lot of bulk. He can run guys over. And there he showed good hands being able to get his mitts on the ball. Almost the score that basically would salt this game away for the Raiders with just over five and a half minutes left. First and goal at the Columbus one-yard line. Ball set up, hash mark to the left. One receiver left, two to the right. Eye formation backfield, Robleski and Triplett. Five and a half minutes to play in the game. Racine leads by nine. Hand off to Triplett, and Triplett is into the end zone. Touchdown, Raiders. Howard Triplett with his first touchdown of the season, and Racine leads 26-11 to over Columbus with 5.22 to play in the game. Triplett got hit behind the goal line, but he fell forward across it, and that's what got him in 4-6. Good second effort there by Triplett. He has had to work hard for his yardage tonight, but when they needed it the most, the Raiders got the best of Triplett's effort this evening. And it looks like Racine's going to go for two here as they bring Sam Nissler off the field and we're going to have a timeout as the Raiders want to talk about it. 5-22 to play. 26-11 is the score in favor of Racine pending what they try to do with the point after attempt here. Yeah, it's a 15-point lead right now for the Raiders. If you kick the extra point, it's 16. That means two touchdowns and two two-point conversions. If you decide to go for two, you could potentially not get it. Then it's still a 15-point game. You're still talking a touchdown and at least one two-point conversion. However, if you get the two-point conversion, then it's a 17-point lead, and you're now up by three scores, and that would essentially put the game away. So, interesting decision here now for Wilbert Kennedy, and he's talking it over with his brain trust. I wouldn't be surprised if they decide to go for two and just try and put this one away right here. Five carries, 87 yards, and two TDs for J.R. Taylor. Now Howard Triplett looking good. 18 for 70 and a TD. Howard Triplett came into the game with just 78 yards rushing on the season, so he's nearly doubled that in the game. Johnson, 13 of 23 for 148 yards as he lines up under center. Triplett is the lone back in the backfield. Two receivers off the line on the right side, one to the left. Now in motion, Flannery right to left, back to right. Johnson under pressure, throwing it up. It's tipped, and then Worthington is tattooed in the end zone and can't hold on to the ball. And the defender looks more shaken up than Worthington. That was Robert Gabriel. It's incomplete, and Racine leads 26-11 with 5.22 to play in the game. We'll step away for a minute. You're listening to Racine Raiders football on WIPZ 101.5 FM. So Racine leads by 15 with 5.22 to play in a bit of a revenge game against the team that knocked him out of the national playoffs last season, Dan. 
I don't mind going for two there. You know, if you're if you're in a position where you're up 15, first off, if you surrender that 15-point lead, you've got to point a lot of fingers at your defense. Hopefully the Raiders won't do that, but why not try and throw the knockout blow there? And unfortunately, the Raiders just couldn't convert on the two-point conversion this particular time around, but still the defense has to step up at least one more time here and get a stop against the fire. If you do, hopefully the good running that we have seen out of both Triplett and Taylor can lead the Raiders to a victory in, like you said, this venture game against the fire. Sam Nissler on to kick back deep is Mike Tatum standing at his seven yard line. Nissler checks and he approaches the football. Nissler a little pooch kick again. It's going to drop at the 20. That's where it will be picked up by Cameron Jackson. Jackson down the near hash marks and he breaks free across midfield the 40 and Nissler takes him down and rips his helmet off at the 37-yard line of Racine. And trying to see there's another player out there for the Raiders that's a little shaken up that helped out on the tackle, and that is Tyler Elliott. I'll tell you what, it was a different kind of pooch kick there. That one wasn't a pooch kick towards the sideline. It was a pooch kick towards the middle. And at first it looked like there was some miscommunication between the fire as to who was going to get the ball. Once they got it, though, the Raiders were unprepared for that kick being in the middle of the field. The fire just runs straight between the middle of the hash marks, and they're able to take it into Raider territory again. Don, you cannot keep giving the fire the ball in your own territory. At some point, they have to go away from this pooch kick if this is going to be what keeps up happening. A 43-yard return for Cameron Jackson, and it's first and 10 for Columbus. Ball hash marked to the left at the Racine 37-yard line. And there's a Columbus player down that's still in play on the far sideline. That was the kick returner, actually. Yes. 26, Cameron Jackson. He gets to his feet, and now he's up on the sideline, so it looks like he's okay. He just kind of had his feet across the sideline. It's one of those things, any part of you that's in play, you are in play, and they certainly don't want to start the play while he's still over there because if the play moves in that direction, you don't want the play going right over him while he's on the ground. Brandon Hanna having a conversation with one of the officials. Right, Raiders, can you send a trainer over to the other side? Oh, they want a trainer over to the other side to take a look at Jackson. Hannah was walking kind of like he had had a few too many beverages, demonstrating how Jackson <laughs> walked off the field and said somebody needs to take a better look at him. Yeah, Jackson got hit. It wasn't that his helmet necessarily got ripped off. It was that he got hit hard enough that his chin straps popped off and he had his helmet knocked off, which means he took a big shot to the head and they just want to make sure that he doesn't have a concussion. Of course, nowadays in football, we know the dangers of concussions and CTE. They just want to check and make sure that he's okay. We might not see him again the rest of the night. Hannah empties the backfield. Three receivers left, two to the right. He launches one for Tatum. Tatum with a great catch along the near sideline, down and out of bounds at the Racine five-yard line. 32 yards on the connection. It'll be first and goal for Columbus at the Racine five with 5.05 to play in the game. Spectacular throw, spectacular catch. That's all you can say about it. Two defensive backs all over Tatum. He couldn't have walked out there and placed it in his hands any better. Perfect throw. Great job by Tatum to keep his feet in bounds as well. Two receivers each way for Hannah. He has Douse off his left hip. Gives off to Douse. Nope. Takes it back. Now he's going to throw. And he hit Shearer in the end zone as he was moving to his left for the touchdown. And just like that, it is now a nine-point game. 26-17 with 4.56 left to play. Columbus with a big kick return. One big pass 
play, and they're quickly back in this one. They have a chance to make it an eight-point deficit. We've been waiting all night to see this out of the Columbus Fire offense. You knew they had the capability. They get the momentum back with the pooch kick in the long return. One big pass play, a great catch down the sideline for Tatum, then a well-designed play where you see Hannah roll out. You have to respect his running ability. That slows down the defenders. He's still able to make the throw. That's the Columbus Fire team that's capable of winning a national championship, Don. And they're going to try and make it a seven-point game. Hannah rolling out, throws it up, and it's caught by Powell for the two-point conversion. And it's now a seven-point game with 4.56 to play, 26-19. Racine leads Columbus. will step away for a minute. You're listening to Racine Raiders football on WIPZ 101.5 FM. A lot of fans get up and they walk out of here after the announcement of the 50-50 raffle. Racine up by 15 when they made that announcement. A lot of these over 1,100 fans still in their seats here at Horlick Field. And they're seeing one that's going to come down to the wire. Now just a seven-point game. Racine leads with 4.56 to play. There's an obscure gentleman who uh, actually is a news anchor in San Diego who's one of my idols. His name is Ron Burgundy. And one of his quotes is, that escalated quickly. And that sure did escalate quickly as the fire just marched down the field and we're able to get on the scoreboard and turn this back into a one score game little things turned into big things for the Raiders now they have to get control of this contest again Trevanian sends it high not too deep fielded along the far hash marks at the 12 by Wallace straight up the field 25 30 Wallace at the 37 yard line before he's hauled down by Reggie McCallan it'll be first and 10 Racine at their own 37 with 449 remaining Columbus with three timeouts plus the two minute warning Racine with two timeouts remaining and as Wallace took that ball down the field, there were fire tacklers swiping at the football, trying to cause another turnover. The Raiders have to be conscious of what's going on at this stage of the game. You hold on to the ball, you get a good drive, you can run out the clock in this contest. You commit a turnover, you try to get a little bit too much, you can put the fire in position to tie or even take the lead in this contest. Two receivers each way. J.R. Taylor back in there for Racine, and now Columbus is going to use their first time out. Some shrugs on the part of the Columbus Fire. They are a little bit confused as to why a timeout needed to be taken right there. It looked like they were in a perfect offensive alignment. And not to mention, when you're down by a score here, you want those timeouts for late in the ballgame. So I think there might be a little frustration on the part of the Fire, but... You're getting an explanation from the defensive coordinator over on that side, Dwight Bristol, who's saying, hey, guys, I saw something that I didn't like. Here's what I want to see out of you on this drive. And now the Raiders will try and come out of the huddle after this timeout gets done with an idea of how they want to march this ball down the field and run that clock. And Racine has 4.49 to run off this clock. And Columbus, had, when they called the timeout, I was looking. It looked like there might have been too many guys out there, but they had the 11. It just looked like they had a few more. Again, this Columbus Fire team with a few members from some other teams in their league coming here tonight. Columbus does have another national championship on their mind this season, but they would take serious hits to their hopes if they lose to the Raiders this evening. Two receivers each way for Johnson. Taylor the deep back. Taylor takes it, bounces off of a hit from a defender, breaks it outside. Now he's going to try and cut back, and he's going to be brought down inside the 35-yard line at the 33-yard line. Tyrell Bird with the tackle for Columbus. A loss 
of about four yards on the play, and three yards, second down and 13 for Racine. Every run J.R. Taylor has had tonight has been a pretty looking run, and you've seen his full collection of skills. Even the t couple times he's been tackled for a loss this evening, he throws a great stiff arm, he bounces off a defender, he had nowhere to go, he cut back. The entire fire defense had to come over to try and bring him down, though J.R. Taylor, just so skilled, you can see why he was almost in the NFL and why he was so good playing alongside Tony Romo at Eastern Illinois. Anthony Johnson waiting for the back judge to start the countdown and inside five seconds on the play clock before he ducks under center. Two receivers to the right, one to the left. Eye formation backfield of Hicks and Taylor behind him. Johnson takes the snap, gives to Chris Hicks. Flag comes out. Hicks with the spin move, and that breaks him free up to the 40-yard line, a gain of six. But that flag thrown in the area of a hold, typically, might be pushing Racine back. We'll wait for the call. Holding, 61, offense, 10 yards, previous spot, replay the down. Josh Willis flagged for the hold, move Racine back 10 yards, and it's going to bring up a second down in 23 with 340 remaining in the game. Absolutely terrible time to take a penalty like that. Now you're looking at second and long and potentially third and long again. Johnson really only has one long completion on the evening tonight. You were doing a good job running the football, but in this situation, you probably have only one or two runs in you. If you do run it twice, more than likely you're kicking it away. That is a key penalty in this football game. Trips to the right, one receiver, Wallace all alone to the left. Taylor to the left of Johnson, who's in the shotgun. 3-10 to play in the game. Racine leads by seven. Johnson rolling out to his left, and he's going to be dragged down, and there is the nose tackle, Nick Thompson, who's going to run off the field after he cramps up after the sack, and now he just takes a nose dive. Oh, and there's a little shudder up here. I think that one fell on the Richter scale. It's going to be back at the 19-yard line on the near hash marks. It'll be a third down and 28 for Tom Racine. Thompson is quite the big boy, and he was able to get to Johnson to make this third and about from here to Kenosha for the Racine Raiders. Nonetheless, he does fall to the ground, and he will probably have to come off the field for at least a play. Can't tell if he cramped up or if he twisted his ankle. The Raiders in a really tough spot right now because they have third and a great distance. Let me do a little math here. 10, 15, 20, 25, 27. At least that's what I'm eyeballing from here after that sack of Johnson. You're going to have to throw the football here unless you just decide to surrender and run the ball. Either way, you've put yourself in a tremendously tough spot, and unless they get a huge play here, more than likely the fire will get the ball with the chance to tie the game. Empty backfield for Johnson with 2.35 to play. Third and 28 from the 19-yard line for Racine. Johnson looking to pass, middle of the field, hits Connor Flannery, and Flannery hauled down by the head, and there's a flag, and that is going to reset it for Racine. Flannery got up to the original line of scrimmage at the 37-yard line, tack on 15, and an automatic first down for the Raiders, and now they're going to be close if they can get another first down to being able to run out this clock. Clinton Wallace Jr. is the one who is coaching the Columbus Fire tonight, and he is absolutely apoplectic on the sideline. 
24 defense, 15 yards, automatic first down. And he has every reason to be upset with his defense. They have the Raiders shut down, and that penalty keeps the Raiders and this drive alive in the game. My goodness, a key penalty going both ways. First one makes it look like the fire has a chance. The other one puts the Raiders in a spot where now they can keep running the football and can try and run out this clock. Trevon Chavis called for the face mask, and this is kind of the opposite of last week at this point in time in the game where the Muskego Hitmen had fourth and long on two different possess or two different plays on a possession and they ended up getting a first down off of penalties by the Raiders major 15 yard penalties and now we have a discussion taking place of where the spot of the ball should be they have it at the Columbus 48 yard line and that brings us to the two minute warning Racine leads by seven huge penalty in this game Chavis called for the face mask after Racine would have been about 10 yards short of a first down and been forced to punt. Instead, it turns into a first and 10 at the Columbus 48-yard line in the fire. They used one of their timeouts, their first timeout, before this drive even started. They were out there on defense ready for the first play, and they had to use a timeout, and now they're down to two remaining. Yeah, it's key that you take that timeout right there, not to mention that with the spot of the ball, because that play went through the middle of the field after they got the penalty cleared up, they ran the clock again, and it runs down to the two-minute warning. If you're the fire, you almost wonder if you want to take one of those timeouts before the two-minute warning, knowing that you have that stoppage of the clock as well. Instead, they let it run down to two minutes. Now there's going to be less time on the clock for them if they can force a Raider turnover or can somehow get the ball back. The Raiders in a good spot here. Got to get at least one more first down, Don. Two receivers each way. Taylor the deep back. Taylor takes the handoff, tries to break it out, tough right tackle. Little spin move, and Taylor up to the 45-yard line, picks up three yards on the play. It'll be second down and seven, and Columbus uses their second timeout. We'll keep it here with a minute 54 to play in the game. Racine leads by a touchdown and the extra point. No surprise that the Raiders go to the veteran J.R. Taylor, who has had a tremendous night in limited action this evening for the Raiders. He's only able to pick up three on that carry, but if you can get three a couple more times and maybe punch it in on a fourth down conversion, you've got the ball game. This is where it's the trenches that matter, and we, we talked about in the first half, the Columbus Fire seemed to dominate along the line. It's been more even in the second half, but I'd give the slight advantage to the Raiders, and with that experience of J.R. Taylor's so good at finding the right gap and the right hole to run through. All it takes is one big run from him here on either second or third down, and that would pretty much end the game as well. Two receivers each way again for Johnson as he ducks under center. Taylor the lone back in the backfield. 154 to play in the game. Racine leads Columbus by seven. A second and seven from the Columbus 45. Hand off to Taylor and he's taken down as he gets just inside the 45 to the 44 yard line. Ronnie Burrell on the tackle for Columbus. And the fire will take their final time out of the football game. So 149 to play. It's going to be a third down and seven for Racine just inside the Columbus 45-yard line. It's a touchdown and extra point lead for the Raiders, 26-19. And all our listeners at home or here at Historic Horlick Athletic Field can now play what would you do if you are Wilbert Kennedy? Third and seven, do you try and run the ball knowing that you don't have as good of a shot of getting the first down? Knowing that you also have Hunter Brining who can potentially pin the fire deep in their own territory with a good punt? Or do you try to throw it here? 
You might get the first down. You might also not get a completion and stop the clock, giving the fire more time. Let's see what the Raiders choose to do. I formation backfield, Hicks and Taylor, two receivers right, one to the left. Eight in the box for Columbus. Johnson under center. He's looking to pass. Johnson throwing. Peters with the catch at the 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Raiders. We have a flag down, though. Lawrence Peters for now from 45 yards out to pay dirt from Anthony Johnson. And we'll have to see if the flag is on Racine or Columbus. Officials talking it over. Fire players are clapping. This one might be coming back. We have an illegal formation offense. The tackle was not was covered, was not covered and did not report as eligible. We go five yards, previous spot, replay the down. So take six off the board and pull the dagger back out. It's going to be a third down and 12 for Racine back at midfield with 1.41 to play in the game. They lead 26-19 over Columbus. Raiders offensive coordinator Anthony Wooden goes for the kill. He gets it, but just a quirky little thing on this side of the field does the Raiders in. And now they got to try it again. And you're left with the same situation. Ball spotted at midfield. Don't forget, too, how many things can potentially go wrong with a punt if you decide to go that route. So... Line it up again. They're going to go spread formation, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see Johnson try to throw it again here. Two receivers each way for Johnson. Taylor alone back in the backfield. Johnson under center. Takes, gives to Taylor this time. Taylor dancing around, nowhere to go. He's going to be brought down in the backfield at the 48-yard line. On the tackle for Columbus is Tyrell Bird. And with 90 seconds left to play, Hunter Breining is going to come out. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders let this one go all the way down, give Breining a little more room with that leg and the wind at his back although it, it's very minimal right now to give him a little bit more room with the extra five yard penalty here. Yeah you can basically take the delay of game penalty if you choose to here yes the fire can choose to climb that because then they won't get the five yards for them but what will happen then is you will take as much time off the clock as possible, and then you're still going to be in a position to pin the fire back after that flag. And Coach Kennedy not making it obvious at all by calling his punting unit over to the sideline to give them extra coaching that they're going to take the five-yard penalty as the back judge counts it down very quickly back there. And with 42 seconds left to play in the game, the flag comes out. Offense, five-yard penalty, still fourth down. So that'll push it back from the 48-yard line to the 43-yard line to give Breinig a little bit more room, something you wouldn't probably normally see too much in semi-pro football, but with the leg that this guy has, give him all the space you can with the wind at his back. You just want the snap to be good here. You know Breinig can put it where it needs to be. Tatum is the lone receiver back deep at the 17-yard line. Breinig. Booms it high in the air. It's going to drop at the 28-yard line, but take a Columbus bounce and be down by Bradley Berger at the 33-yard line, the Columbus 33-yard line, and there's 33 seconds left on the clock. So now the Raiders just can't give up the big play here. They lead by seven. 
Breinig takes a lot of time off the clock just with his hang time. However, he definitely didn't get the kind of distance he wanted on that punt. Might have come off his toe a little bit more so than his foot. Nonetheless, this is where the defense comes into play. We saw what the fire did the last time they had the football. It took them all of two plays to get to the end zone. So much talent on that side. Folks, we're in for a barn burner of a finish in these last 33 seconds. 26-19, Tatum breaking out to the right. He's going to have Adaris and check that. He's going to have J.D. Hardy on him. Hardy just re-signed with the team this week. Two receivers to the left. Hannah flanked by backs in the backfield. Hannah takes the snap, rolling to his left, throwing into the backfield to Shear. It was a backwards pass. Shear rolling to his right. Now Shear back to his left, looking for room. He's looking to launch it downfield. Finally hits Renault Thomas cutting across the field, and Devron Davis lays him down at the 49-yard line. And he stayed in and bounds. The clock, the clock keeps running. The clock runs. Columbus with no timeouts left. Seven seconds on the clock. Hannah looking to down it. They're going to go for one play, and he spikes it with three seconds on the clock. And you saw the Raiders' defense, Dan, six guys backed way up just in case Hannah tried a fake spike there. The fire going with the gimmicky play on the first play of the drive, and we see a flag come in on the play late. Let's see if they were lined up in an illegal formation. That could result in a runoff, which would end this game. There's a flag on the play. And we're waiting. They're talking. That would be a 10-second runoff. There's only three ticks left on the clock. Although the play clock is stopped currently. Let's hear from Joe Pretenitz. And we're going to now. We had an illegal formation again. The tackle was not covered and did not report as eligible. It's a five-yard penalty. Being that the clock was running, there's a 10-second runoff. And there you have it. It was on the spike play. And running up is Matthew Neal to talk to Joe Petrenis. And Columbus, the game ends on a penalty. On the legal formation as they stayed in bounds, Renault Thomas took a big hit from Devron Davis at the 48-yard line, couldn't find his way out of bounds, went down inbounds, and the uh, fire tried to line up as quick as they could, but they ended up not lining up uh, with the tackle covered, and the clock runs out. Now, we still have a number of fire players who are trying to talk to the official, and the case that they're trying to make is that there was a receiver on the line of scrimmage on the far side. They're trying to say that there was a receiver covering the tackle on that side, and now they're actually talking with Wilbur Kennedy trying to make the case, but you know what? The precedent had already been set in the game. They had been looking for that type of situation. We're seeing the officials walk off the field. This game is over. It ends on a penalty. It's a tough way to lose the game if you're the fire because they played a spectacular football game tonight on the road. It's been a long season for them. They are a little bit down from what they were last year when they won Won that national title, but how about this Racine Raiders team riding on the back of the momentum given to them by J.R. Taylor, then the young guys stepping up late and finding a way to win this tough contest and get a little revenge for losing that game to the fire in the playoffs last year. Coach Kennedy and Brandon and Hannah having a long discussion. Coach Kennedy trying to explain what the officials saw and Brandon Hannah not buying what Coach Kennedy is selling out there right now, Dan. But we're going to step away for a minute and when 
when we come back, we will recap this one for you. A 26-19 win for Racine. The Raiders improve to 4-0 and on the season. The Columbus Fire fall to 500, 4-4 on the year. We'll be back in 60 seconds. You're listening to Racine Raiders football on WIPZ 101.5 FM. Racine pulls out a 26-19 victory over the Columbus Fire and just waiting for our final stats here to come in. And there they come from Evan Wittallison. 26-19, the Raiders win. It was 3-0 at the half. And then Columbus outscored Racine 11-8 in the third quarter. But the Raiders took a 13-11 lead into the fourth quarter where they outscored the Fire 13-8 for our 26-19 victory. In the first quarter, Nistler with a 32-yard field goal made it 3-zip Racine. In the third quarter, it was Columbus on the board first with Shervanian with a 33-yard field goal with 12.58 to play in the third quarter to tie it up three all. Then Hunter Breinig, he answered that with his own 33-yard field goal with 8.44 left, and it was 6-3 Racine. J.R. Taylor went in from 17 yards out just about two minutes later. The point after was good. Racine led 13-3. Then Brandon Hanna as Columbus marched down the field, mostly using the legs of Hanna. He finished off their drive with a six-yard TD run. Two-point conversion was good, and it was 13-11 with 2.50 to play in the third quarter. That would take us to the fourth quarter, where it was J.R. Taylor again, 33 yards out. PAT was good, and it was 20-11 Racine with 14-14 to play. Howard Triplett would get into the end zone on a one-yard TD run. The two-point conversion pass, no good. It gave Seen a 26-11 lead with 5.22 to play. Everything looked good, but just 26 seconds later, Brandon Hanna, a five-yard TD pass to Shearer, two-point conversion pass to Powell was good, and it was 26-19, and then it was a little bit of uh, trying to kill the clock for Racine. They got it down with uh, 33 seconds left before they had to give it to Columbus, and Columbus, the last play of the game, ends up being their spike play because they they had the uh, they didn't have their right tackle covered and 10 second runoff with only three seconds left to play resulted in the game ending. Racine pulls out a 26 to 19 lead or win and they improve to four and zero on the season. Columbus falls to four and four. Sometimes in football, it's the little things Don. You know, Columbus takes that one time out on defense before a first down play for the Raiders to start a drive. And ultimately, they end up paying the price by hustling too much to try and spike the football at the end of the game when they didn't have any timeouts remaining and committing the penalty that resulted in the 10-second runoff. Meanwhile, on the other side, hey, J.R. Taylor, what kind of spark did he give this team when he entered the game in the second half tonight and just put the team on his back? A spectacular night for J.R. Taylor. Despite limited action, Howard Triplett did a lot of work tonight and give him some credit, too, even though he had one key fumble late that it almost proved costly for the Raiders, but J.R. Taylor, when he comes in, you can just see that he has such a knack for the game. You know what? He's the kind of guy, Don, that when he decides to hang up the cleats, if he decides to become a coach, be it a running backs coach or even an offensive coordinator, he is going to just have a spectacular mind for it, and he's going to lead whatever team he works for a long way. And he's already getting involved at the youth level, mm -hmm. so he's just prepping himself for that. 
Take a look at our team stats. The Raiders won the first down battle 20 to 12. 28 rushes, 113 yards for Columbus, 35 for 159 for Racine. 129 yards through the air for the fire, 170 for the Raiders. One TD, one interception for Columbus. No TDs passing, no interceptions for Racine. Columbus fumbled the ball once. They lost that one. Racine with two fumbles. They lost one of them. Ten penalties for 65 yards for Columbus. The biggest one may have been on the Raiders' last drive when they would have had Racine at a fourth and ten, but they allowed Racine to extend the drive with a 15-yard face mask penalty, which helped them take an extra about two minutes off the clock. Racine, eight penalties for 61 yards. Three for 11 Columbus on third downs. Four for 13 Racine on third downs. Columbus two for four on fourth downs. And I think that stat's a little off for Racine. I think I remember a one for two maybe for the Raiders on fourth downs. Racine two for two in the field goal department. Columbus one for one. Time of possession in favor of the Raiders pretty heavily. Individually, Brandon Hanna, six carries, 66 yards and a TD for Columbus. Maurice Douse, 15 for 54. Tatum, five for three. Renault Thomas, one for minus two. Cameron Jackson, one for minus eight. For the Raiders, J.R. Taylor, nine for 85 and two touchdowns. Triplet, 18 for 70, a TD. Also a fumble, but he did hop on it. Anthony Johnson, seven for seven. He also fumbled the ball once. That was recovered by Columbus. Dan Figueroa, one for minus three. Brandon Hanna, 9 for 16 for 99 yards, 1 TD and an interception in the game. Derek Shearer, 1 for 1 for 17 yards. And C.J. Powell, 3 for 3 for 13 yards. Anthony Johnson, 15 of 25 for 170 yards for Racine. Mike Tatum, Racine held him in check other than one big play down the near sideline here late in the game. Four catches for 59 yards. Cameron Jackson, two for 23. Thomas, one for 17. Shear, three for 12 with the touchdown. Douse, two for 11. And, uh, check, and Powell, one for seven. For the Raiders, Travis Worthington, one for 28. Wallace, two for 27. Peters, one for 23. Elliott, one for 22. Flannery, the same. Fitch, one for 14. DJ Smith, three for 13. Robleski, two for nine. Spiegel, one for six. And Velasquez, two for five as they hit 10 different receivers in the game. And I think last week, Johnson hit 11 different receivers <laughs> in the game. So he's spreading around that rock and hopefully making those receivers happy because, you know, one thing about wide receivers, they're open on every play. <laughs> of course. I learned that from Sam D'Elia. <laughs> Field goals, Shervanian one for one, 33 for the long. Nistler one for one, 32 yards. Breinig one for one, 33 yards. Shearer had two punts, averaged 29 yards on those. Breinig four for 39, a long of 73, and he had one inside the 20. Tatum with a big kick return in the game, one for 76. Cameron Jackson, he had a big one too. He had two for 63. Wallace also with a big kick return in the game. He had two for 65. Peters, two for 43. Defensively leading the way for Columbus with tackles was Josh Munnerline. He had seven and a half. Robert Gabriel had six, five for Tyrell Bird, two sacks for Nick Thompson as he had two and a half tackles in the game. For Racine, Devron Davis again leading the way. He came in with the team lead in tackles. He has seven in tonight's game. Michael Recall with a nice game. He had five tackles. 
four and a half for Daquan McRae. He's just in his second game back. Adaris Anderson, one tackle, but he had an interception in the game, and that was a big one. Sam Nistler with the tackle. Hunter Breinig with the tackle. Point out when the kicking specialists have to have a tackle. <laughs> That's both good and bad. There you have it, Don. And, you know, I, I look at the numbers for this game, and again, you key on what J.R. Taylor did in this contest. Nine carries for 85 yards with two touchdowns, putting the team on his back in the second half. But, you know, the other thing I think about with this one, and let's not lose context with this, the Columbus Fire came into this season as one of the top teams in the country, number one ranked in the country, and this was supposed to be a semblance of a rebuilding year for the Raiders. You've now beaten one of the top teams in the country in what was supposed to be a rebuilding year. That bodes great things for this Raiders team, not just down the line in the next few years as you rebuild, but even in this season. I don't think a national championship should be out of the realm of the thinking of the Raider coaching staff, given how they played tonight. And take a look at the final game of the homestand coming up next week. The Door County Destroyers will come down to Historic Horlick Athletic Field. That will be an early season battle for first place in the Mid-States Football League Northern Conference. And then Racine will be the, the Raiders will be the road team against the Racine threat on July 16th as they begin a five-game road streak before finishing up at home on August 20th and 27th. So the final from Historic Horlick Athletic Field, 26-19. The Racine Raiders take down the Columbus Fire and avenge the season-ending loss from last season. Racine Raiders football has been underwritten in part by the Racine Hog Chapter and Joey's West Pub and Grill at Highway G and Kraut Road. For Zach Roethlisberger, our studio engineer, Evan Wittallison, our statistician, I want to thank Dan Pfeiffer for coming back and joining me tonight. I'm Don Wadowitz, reminding you to live life to the fullest and be good to one another. Once again, the final from Historic Horlick Athletic Field, the Racine Raiders 26, the Columbus Fire 19. We will talk to you next week at 6.45 p.m. as the Raiders host the Door County Destroyers. You've been listening to Racine Raiders football on WIPZ 101. Point five FM.